to yet another episode of the Loose's Fast podcast, your podcast home for all things NASCAR and some things not. I'm Kyle Belcher and joined as always by Mr. Daniel Walker. Home and where you make it. <laughs> Norman Pelletier. I didn't wreck either of them. <laughs> and special guest, Relum Nevek, aka Kevin Miller. Ahoy hoy. On today's episode, we will talk some NASCAR news, recap our weekend at Pocono. Ugh. Answer some questions, drink a lot of water, uh, and much more fun along the way. So this will be a little different than our normal episode as we were going to go by uh, by our days, our days day are, by day. Our days are numbered. Yes, they, they're they definitely shorter than they were before we left, but I digress. Uh, but before we get into that and all of the fun, Dan, tell the folks how we put on such a uh, tired production. Two weeks in a row, too. Um, brought to you as always by the Revival Motoring Network and revivalmotoring.com slash B4B. Norm, what's that? Box for the boys. That's appropriate. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bucks for the boys is our value for value system where if we're worth anything to you and you want to help us out, you uh, head on over to revivalmotoring.com slash B4B and sign up for a recurring monthly donation of $2, $5, $10, or $20 or a combination of any of those four things to make a number. Mm-hmm. Yay. Arithmetic. Yay. <laughs> um, if you want to make a one-time donation, the, the recurring one helps Josh and the boys at Revival, as well as Topics and us, <clears throat> helps us kind of like map out what we have, almost budget, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where the recurring helps. But if you want to make a one-time donation that we appreciate just as much as the recurring, use PayPal uh, info at revivalmotoring.com. That is also the home of Kyle's Race Day Challenge. Kyle? Hi. That's a thing that you know all about. It's a thing that I do. Yes. Yes. Uh, If you donate the dollar amount that matches the driver's number, that wins on Sunday and guess correctly, send you a little something, something. Merch things. Yeah. Collectibles. There you go. I'd say collectibles. Stuff. Yeah. Things. Uh, Other ways you can help us out. Another week with no new Apple reviews. I'm starting to get tired of you people. Boo. Come on. Apple reviews. Diddy Mao. Apple reviews. Uh, a couple more Spotify reviews still holding strong in a five star there. All right. So we will take that. Yep. Uh, if you're new, which we did gain a bunch of followers this weekend and talk to some people at the track, we really love reading funny Apple reviews. So those are the only, that's the only place you can leave us a text review mm-hmm. it's on Apple podcasts. I know a lot of people don't like using it, but if you could use it for just like five seconds, that'd be cool. Yeah. Do really that. cool. Subscribe, listen to an episode for like, 30 seconds and then you can fill out a review because you can't just go in there and do it without. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, little callback in this segment to people that purchased our t-shirt for pre-order. They are in the house. They are. They look really nice. They look pretty, very nice. Actually. Do you guys um, have yours in hand right now? They do. 
Yours will be should be getting shipped out this week. So keep an eye out for those. Yep. They are. We're looking at them right now. I think so that's it. They'll be going out to you I soon. I don't know where else I go here. All right. My, uh, my brain hurts. Yeah. Moving on to our normal callbacks. We will uh, do a double callback to some TV ratings. First to New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Uh, received a, uh, a light rating, if you will, of 0.61 with just over a million viewers. Was a seeing as a Monday at noon. Probably not going to bring in a ton. And I'm actually surprised it's north of a million. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I'll kind of call that a win. Same. Million people watching an ep- uh, a sporting event at noon on a Monday. Not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. But uh, Pocono's TV ratings are out as we are recording a day late. Um, 2.808 million viewers up from 2.59 last year. Who decided, to, who decided to go and make Pocono popular? Us. I, I'm... I'm calling it us. Everyone's been saying that it's been a steady incline for the last couple of years. So like specifically three. Yeah. We've been going for three years. I'm just saying, I'm just throwing the it stars do align. Yeah. You're welcome. But that's fantastic. And obviously we were there in so person, we, which we will get into. Does but, that mean we get a rock? I mean, we should. <laughs> yeah. We might as well. Loose fast rock right on the, uh, right on the front there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm talking about. Well, uh, until we change our name again. <laughs> until we rebrand a third time. In coming, two years, it'll be something different. Coming this off season. <laughs> yeah. uh, what? No, just kidding. Um, but yeah, the crowd the crowd in general was massive. That, we've said it. I mean, we said it multiple times this weekend. The, the amount of people already there Thursday afternoon when we got there was ridiculous. Yeah. What time did we arrive? Four. Four o'clock. Four o'clock. That place no, was, was already right full. After five because we couldn't get credentials. Oh yeah, no, we rolled in there. Yep. Yeah, right yep, around five o'clock. Yeah, was, yep. and then by the time we got the registration and stuff, pulled into the infield, it was like six o'clock. But I will say, I've been going there the longest. Yeah, uh, obviously Nick and them have gone there a lot longer than I have. But I was there in 2019 when that picture was taken that they were posting all over Twitter. Turn one back then, where we currently camp was general admission Sunday only. So turn one was dead empty, and then Sunday morning at like eight thirty. They released us and said, if you want to go watch the race and turn one, you can go right now. And me, Nick, all those guys all rushed over there with our trucks and vans and stuff like that parked up on the racetrack or on the road course in the infield. And we watched the race from the beds of our trucks and stuff. Now, there are so many campers. There's not a spot in that facility that they could put a camper that they didn't have campers. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah, wild. It like, was going to get to the packed. point where the crew guys, the the extra parking they have on the infield is not going to be there anymore. Yeah, that, like, that's you guys all, are going to need to shuttle in and out. Because there's that one we big need those for campers. That one big section that's like VIP parking, and that's where a lot of the crew guys and the ARCA guys, and you know, that's where we saw like Freddie a couple years ago. I'm with Norm. I bet you in a couple years that's going to be like a lot smaller because they're running out of fucking room. Yeah, it's going to yeah. turn into you guys have to park outside and we'll shuttle you in and out of the track because we need that spot for campers. If they had more camping spots, they would have sold it out. They sold out camping like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that it was includes the that, year we went for the double header. They said camping was sold out. It was way full of this. Way year. more full. This so year. they added spots. Yep, I yeah, think so. I agree. Well, when we walk along the Long Pond, where that entrance is for Long Pond, where all like the safety vehicles mm-hmm. are and stuff, there weren't cars there two years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, campers there. There was it was all the way up to that fence. Too. Yep, you yep. could barely see anywhere. It was that nuts. place was packed. There I mean, was there and was, packed early. That's too. What I mean. always camping around two. What surprised me is that aerial photo. There was people camping outside of turn three. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's an I expensive. don't remember ever seeing that. No, those have been there. I remember looking at those when we for the first year we all went. No, together. I mean like where we parked for like to get into the grandstands. 
there was like an entire section of that filled up with campers. Yeah. There's, I'm not talking like on the fence. Oh no. There's always been campers there that I honestly think some of that's like employee camping. Cause I think I remember seeing a sign about that. I think that's like people that might be working there. Like, I think I showed you guys the employee camping at Loudon is one of the way back lots mm-hmm. people that work there for the whole weekend. Just say, screw it. But there was camp. a lot more campers outside oh, the yeah. track that I noticed when we went to get credentials. Ridiculous. Really? Yeah. Tons like laced all, all along turn two. And that was before we even heard, found out what Saturday night that they had sold out Sunday. Yeah. I mean, even the Xfinity, the truck and Xfinity race on Saturday, um, I was talking to DeBarro about it and obviously he's been going for years and he's like, I've never seen it this busy Yeah, on, on a Saturday. The resurgence of Pocono. It's ridiculous. The grandstands we sat in for the Xfinity race were the upper grandstand sections. Yeah. I don't think they even let people in those for the lower series before. Yeah. Like we sat on the closer ones to so the straightaway. The ones that are, were chained off for us were the ones you were allowed to go to and the upper ones were chained off in previous years Yeah, for like specifically like the Arca race and stuff like that. But there was people everywhere for every single race. And then getting up on the roof Sunday, like, you know, 10 minutes before the race and looking out across and seeing the grandstand, I was floored. It was a sea of, and you had to look through hundreds and hundreds of people on top of their campers just to see the grandstand. I think Junior said it best on his podcast. He said it looked like a 1994 crowd. Yeah, Yeah, I think, I think it was Junior said that on his. Yeah. He's he's like, that looked like something out of the mid nineties. Biggest crowd in. They said since 2010 years since 2010. Yep. That's impressive. It's insane. And we'll take it. Um, also calling back to our race picks from uh, last week. Can we not do this anymore? for this week? Why? <laughs> Cause I think I'm dead last again. For the no, third. you're not. Oh, I wasn't. You have a win. <clears throat> I got one. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> I, I have a win and then a bunch of last places. Yeah. Um, so you won with Van Gisbergen yeah, in Chicago. Norm won twice in a row with Willie B and Truex. And this past week for Pocono, I win with Mr. Chase Elliott. I was winning until the series of yellow flags we had at the end. Yep. I was winning both the DraftKings, which would have also been the third week in a row for that, and the race pick until we had a string of yellows at the end. And then Denny just wrecked everybody. Yep. yep. And then all I never, of my, all, all my good things come to an end, drink. Norm. I never yeah. had a chance. <laughs> No, no, you didn't. I wasn't even in the fight. If you pick the truck race, you'd be mint. Yeah, but I wasn't even in the fight. So that's that. Um, are we making our, our new ones or we wait until the end. Shall we just do it now? I, I think, think we should. I think that's how we did it last week. Yeah. Uh, okay. So take your picks. Uh, I am have I, to go last. Am I going last? Uh, Bowman finish who behind? finished further back? I think. I think Kyle finished. I think Kyle Busch was farther back than Bowman. Bowman finished like 22nd, I think. I thought, I think Kyle finished like 28th or 29th. Let's take a quick look. Take a Bowman look. Bowman was 24th. Reading rainbow. And nope. Kyle Busch was ahead of Alex Bowman. So okay. Alex well, Bowman I picked, was last. I picked first because I'm the worst. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick Kyle Timothy Larson Jr. The fourth. For Richmond, Norm takes Larson. Daniel. Kevin Harvick. Good pick. Not if you're a Kevin Harvick fan. Have you seen Dan? He's a curse to everything he picks. That's yeah. a good point. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm going to controversially take Mr. Dennis Hamlin. That's controversial. You think he goes two in a row? I, that was the most ill-timed <laughs> sip of water in my entire life. <laughs> yep. Oh, ow. 
Well, he's good at Richmond, so uh, he's I think good at taking two in a row. Yes, he is. Yes, no, he the is. Same time. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to kind of skip around a little bit. Uh, instead of doing our normal off track, we are going to go right into the news, and then we will talk about our off track while we're on track all yeah, at the same time. There was a lot of Actually, the same real thing. quick, we're still in the callbacks. Yes. I'm going to do a callback. Kyle, mm-hmm. review the movie that you should have seen 15 years ago, but you finally sat down and watched last night. I'm still mad. That um, seen yes. It. So I have never seen the movie Grind. Skateboarding movie from the early 2000s. By Kevin's face, I'm thinking. Kevin, go get it. Go watch it right now. I'm glad you're going to feel cheated out of life that you haven't seen it yet. I'm glad Dan is on the same page as me as this. This is like one of those movies that you watch in like middle school. Yeah. At least for me. Yep, same. And I loved yeah, skateboarding back then. Like, it was it came the out, same what, for like, me. 06? Yeah, was it? Or no, oh, three. no, way earlier. 03? Yeah. Was it 03? I was in high school. Right. I don't remember watching that when so I was yeah, way I younger. So yeah, I probably watched it in middle school. And this is like like a like life molding movie. It is. For like our generation. Because it's hmm. like, if you were at all like um like near like the skate crowd. If you were into X games, this movie changed your life. X games, yeah. jackass, like yeah, some 41. You, you ever played Tony Hawk pro skater, Tony Hawk pro skater. Like, like I feel whole. like this movie molded me in like my like clothing style to this 100%. day. Like I still wear like flat brim backwards hats, probably because of grind. I still wear skate shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Skate <laughs> shoes, backwards hats, dude, etnies on etnies, everything. Etnies t-shirts. I wore etnies. Well, that's how I was back then. Like during that time frame. Yeah. that's, I, was a skateboarder. Yeah, if, we you, all were. if you weren't a skater boy, see you later, boy. That's I how saw I, that fucking. <laughs> that was how I felt about that. <laughs> this well this done. movie, Grind, and a little lesser known version, the snowboarding version of it, Out Cold. He had seen Out You've Cold. You've seen Out Cold, yes. not Grind. Okay, that's, I didn't know it existed, and yeah. I, I watched. I didn't finish it because I was exhausted and fell asleep, so I paused it. Uh, but I watched oh, like the first. Die. 45 minutes. Yeah, they get in a bus um, and crashes. I was yeah. texting these guys and I was like, I can't believe I've never seen this. So what you guys were yelling at me, I can't believe you've never seen this. I was yelling back at them that, oh my God, I can't believe I haven't seen this. It's like I said, I think in our hmm. in our group chat last night, it's one of those movies that's one of my favorites. And still to this day, if I sit I down watched and watch it last it, night, because it holds I was up. like giving Kyle the premise of this movie because he's like, no, like, it can't be that big of a deal or else I would have seen it. I was like, dude, every person from Jackass came out in this. Like every random actor from like the late nineties, early two thousands, I couldn't believe the lineup. A ton of pro skaters at that time, yeah. Like baby Ryan Sheckler, who's like eleven years older than that. His fucking name in the movie. They never said his name, but his name was like like Rod M. Stewart or something like that. Like he had like a fucking stupid ass name in the movie too. If you do anything about like late nineties, early two thousands skate culture, it's in this movie. Yeah, Yeah, with highly recommend the soundtrack still hits Mm. like everything. Yeah, POD and still out cold. Out, that is still I blame that movie for my love of nothing but a good time by Poison, like yeah. one of my favorite songs Dude, of all time out because cold of that scene. is way way more like niche than way more grind niche. was. Yeah, but like I applaud myself for seeing that movie back in the day. Like I burned my own DVD and watched Out Cold. Phenomenal movie. Um, yeah. But highly I, recommend. I'm like, yo, like I knew who Zach Galifianakis was before Hangover, bro. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I knew him when he was fucking hot tubs. All right, <laughs> <laughs> best movie. Um. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to breaking news. The news. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. My yeah. voice might come back by next week. Right. It sounds better than it did it, last Monday. It feels better than Tuesday. it did last last week. Yeah, but it's still not yeah. great. All right. We got uh, not a ton of news, but some big news. Yeah. We will start with the first bit of news. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen 
despite the fact that uh, Mark, uh, oh God, wow, Justin Marks, Justin Marks, yeah, said that Marks project. Justin. Yeah, I, was, I wrote. I don't even know what I wrote. It's not even. English. Despite him saying that Project 91 had no plans for the duration of the year, he lied to us. Lying sack of shit. Because SVG will be back in the Project 91 vehicle for the Indy road course. I don't think he lied because two weeks ago when he made that statement, they probably had no plan to run it again. Probably. Yeah, that happened quickly. It was just like, yo, Brody's going to fly over here. Shane can just jump on the same plane as him. Yeah, so we're going to have. Come on over. We can just wipe the rubber off that car and run it again. So we're going to have a world endurance car guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Indy Road. No, what's his name? The Fuji. Kamui Kobayashi. Kamui. Kamui. Thank you. Um, his name. I'm sorry. We're gonna have him. We're gonna have two V8 supercar guys. Brody Kostecki. Brody Kostecki and Shane Van Van Gisbergen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have Jensen Button. I'm yep. pretty positive is in that race. Yep. What a fucking lineup. Also Andy Lally too. And it, like he's an incredible road racer, accomplished road racer. Yeah. What, what a fucking lineup. Yeah, because uh, in RCR car. Yep. You got Andy. What's Andy Lally driving? Probably one of the Rick Ware cars. Usually. Yeah, I think one of the Fords. Uh, Jensen Button in the Rick Ware car. Kamui in the 2311 car. And Shane Bengis in the Trackhouse car. Insane. What a lineup. Insane. I, I'm hyped yeah. for that. Yeah, this is going to be a good time. Um, so we will see what he can do on Indy Road. But what are, you, uh, what are your thoughts? I love it. And now there's all these massive rumors of him going full time as early as next year. His, yeah. We talked about that last yeah, week. Yeah, His car owner has come out and basically said, we'll let him go. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, we were at the track this weekend and I kept seeing rumors popping up on Twitter of, you know, teams looking for charters and the, like there, I forget who, who it was early in the weekend. There was a thing on Twitter that was like, basically it's all but confirmed Yeah, that he's coming. What are your expectations for him at any road? Not as much as Chicago street course. <clears throat> yeah. I think, I think the Chicago street course played into his, you know, into his style and what he's done and you know experience that he has more so than any road. Not that he's not an incredibly established you know road racer by any means, but add in that it's a street course, add in that it was raining, you know, those extra factors helped even more. 100%. Um, our drivers, you know, the regulars in cup have been to India road before he's never been here. That was the other, yep. that was the one of the things a lot of people were saying yeah. was he was on an evil, evil, even playing field with the rest of the field because nobody had been to that. Yeah. Track I before. think in terms of the, the course, um, you know, they had, none of them have entered, ever done it before, but he had done more like street it street racing and had more experience with that and the rain mm-hmm. where all of our drivers had never touched it ever. Now our drivers have done Indy Road more than once, or most of them have, or at least yep. once. Most of them, yeah. He never has, so he's got a less less of a leg up in this sense. I still expect him to run very well. If it rains, <laughs> I think if it rains, we're screwed. <laughs> he's gonna just come in and beat us up again. He's also got to survive turn one because we are now going back to another road course with the funnel. The, the funnel, yeah. The what was it? The, the McFunnel. Mm-hmm. You're right. The McFunnel was Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the big McFunnel. This is this the super size McFunnel. This is the McFunnel. This is the blender. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't see him coming out here and dominating like he did at Chicago, but I don't think it's going to take him long at all to learn the track and get good at it. No. Yeah. And he will be very competitive. The problem is, and I know Matt Wood wanted to stress this a lot when he was on here, like V8 supercar guys can rub doors. Mm-hmm. Like he, they do. he can throw a punch. He can take a punch in a race car. Yep. That's not what Indy is. Indy isn't banging doors, muscling each other. Indy is not giving a fuck going in 16 wide and Arca just breaks. dumping the people on your outside. Yep. 
There is no finesse at all. And I think if we go to a road course, like we saw like the Marco Andretti or Marco Ambrose Keselowski battle, that was yep. beaten fenders, but it was also finesse. Yep. Right. There was, that is one of the best finishes ever SVG in that situation. He's going to be stellar. But at Indy, I don't see any finesse in what they're going to have to do. So that's why I don't think he's going to have as much fun or success there. Yeah, it's just going to take a late restart for someone to Leroy Jenkins their way into turn one and take out half the field. Right, and it's kind of, I mean, we saw some decent racing there once they got past that turn. But it's really like, however you shake up at a turn one, the rest of the track is just really slow or just like pretty much straightaways. Yeah. So there's really, I don't really see any huge opportunities for him to just like get in a rhythm at this track. It doesn't yeah. seem like it's not cons- or like smooth enough to get like rhythmatic yeah. with it where it's, it's more stopping and going, stopping and going, stopping and going. So I, I don't see, see him being able to like stretch that or gain a bunch on a long run. I think on a long run, uh, I was going to say the opposite because I think on a long run, if it stays green for a while, he'll be able to outbreak a lot of people. Yeah. Good, like he showed us at Chicago street race. Mm-hmm. He outbreak the living hell out of them. Um, and I think going into one, which is notoriously terrible, people either overshoot it by a mile or they're going two miles an hour to make it through there safely. I think he'll figure that out pretty quickly and be able to gain on a lot of people for bio breaking them. But we'll see. Yeah, I think the the biggest difference between what we saw at Chicago and what we will see at Indy, given Indy's dry, assuming it's not going to rain. It will. Chicago, he could outbreak people because if you missed that breaking zone, you were in wet and you were screwed. So yeah. you had to hold that same line where I think what we're going to see at Indy is going to be more like Martinsville. You can't pass because people are just going to jab on the brakes, downshift and take off. Right. Because there's no punishment for going out of the groove if you missed your braking zone. Yeah. At it's Indy, we're going to see that similar. Like I said, as long as it's dry, we're going to see that similar to Martinsville where, yeah, he might be able to outbreak somebody, but they're just be able to downshift and take off. True. Where at Chicago, if you outbreak somebody and they mess up even a little bit, they can't just do that because they're going to now be two tires in the wet or you're on their bumper. Or they're in the fence. Because there's only one spot you can both go. Yeah. Where I think Indy's going to be a lot more forgiving. I I want him to be good because I think he's a cool ass dude. And I like <laughs> like what he's doing and I think he's going to go full time in cup. I'm hoping for track house. Yeah. But that would be awesome. Yeah. Silly season is heating up. I have a callback to you ruined my transition. Sorry. I have a callback to five minutes ago. Yep. Someone put up a list of the ratings this year. Pocono is the highest rated cable race this year. Really beat out the of uh, the second one is Darlington throwback weekend on FS one had a 2.6 or, you know, 2.6 million. Pocono Hell yeah. 2.8. So we'll they, take that. every other race in front of it was on either Fox or big NBC. That's awesome. That's pretty. Wow. That's we'll big, take that. That's good. Big. That's a big deal. Yeah. Good callback. That's why I just I saw it and I was like, that's a big deal. I should. Yeah. Squeeze that's, that in there. No, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. So when they say cable, they mean like the smaller, USA FS smaller channels. So cable. Yeah. So network refers to like Fox, NBC. Cable refers to USA FS one. You can get it with the bunny ears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Network you can get with the bunny ears. Cable. You need cable. Yes. Flip it. Reverse it. It's just the flip is playing in. <sighs> I haven't done that in a long time. You did this weekend. Uh, it, wasn't yeah, the right, it wasn't the right song, but you did do that during that Missy Elliott song. Sure did. Yep. Um, yeah, so... While, uh, while poking the fire. Silly season's heating up, like I said. Speaking of silly season heating up, transition, Justin Haley. Fuck. That wow. transition sucked. That was terrible. Boo. Boo this man. Um, Boo doc if. Uh, <laughs> 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 nice. Uh, nice. 
Justin Haley comes out and announces that he will be leaving college racing at the end of this season and heading where norm? Uh, Rick Ware, Faust, Kenway, Larson. I don't know. It's a conglomerate of like 16 different names at this point. He's going to Rick Ware racing, but Rick Ware racing is now out of the RFK shop. So they're going to be seemingly handling it. According to Justin, like a third and fourth RFK car. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he said all of the meetings he had, Brad was involved in. I was going to say, did yeah. either of you, did any of you listen to DBC this week? No. Uh, Is it out? It was out yesterday. No, did not. But Norm and I, on the way back, did listen to a very long interview um, from Haley at the Pocono okay. Media Center. So obviously on DBC, Brett, love him or hate him, very entrenched with colleague. He was Justin Spotter, their friends. All right. So he gave his whole point of view on this. And he said originally he was like, what the hell kind of the reaction we all had, like what, what is going on? Right. But then he actually got to talk to Justin and it it sounds like Justin was promised, you know, he basically signed the deal as in he knew his deal with colleague was up. So it's kind of one of those shit or get off the pot. What happens in October, you know, if we get to September, October and colleague is officially announces, he's not coming back. And then you're running around looking for a ride, right? He's now sealed down a cup ride for at least two years. It's a multi-year deal. Yep. And he also signed the deal essentially under the premise, the promise, whatever you want to call it, of this RFK alliance. Yes. And basically what they were saying is look at kind of Rick Ware, you know, granted, yes, they have, they've signed, you know, they have Cole Custer in their cars now. They have Ryan Newman in their car sometimes. They've got some better drivers. Not to say, you know, the guys that have been in there aren't the best, but you're getting higher caliber drivers. And now you can't have the excuse anymore of, oh, well, Cody Ware is a shit driver. That's why we do really bad. Now you have good a better caliber of driver. So now you can figure out, you know, now it's the, the, the driver isn't the excuse. You know, if something goes wrong, it's the car and we can work on that and make it better. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. When we were listening to his interview, um, basically echoes your point. What, what he was saying is basically that he wouldn't have signed the deal had Kozlowski yeah. not been involved. That's what I heard too. Yep. Um, so it sounds like it's, it's almost thinking like he's going to take over the six in a few years. Like it's a two-year deal with RFK or with RWR, but because the alliance with Roush Fenway Kozlowski, it's going to lead him in the door there is where I'm kind of thinking with that. Yep. Because he kept calling it a move for life. Like he referred to it in the interview we listened to. He's, I have a ride for life. Hmm. He said that multiple times, meaning like this opportunity isn't going to go anywhere, but it's making me think that maybe it's going to lead to the six potentially or the 17 whatever, yeah, or another RFK car. Who knows? Yeah. So at the know. surface, this looks like, why would you do this? Yeah. Yes. But if you look underneath the surface, you know, you peel back a few layers, mm-hmm. it might be a really smart move. I, I yeah. honestly think so. After listening to what Brett had to say, and it hurts me to say that it was, it really shed some light on it. Made me look at it from a different perspective. And I was like, you know, yeah. Smart what I also found interesting uh, a little bit that he said that Norman, I heard, um, had some sponsor lineups that will be announced soon that he thinks will be bigger news. Hmm. So apparently someone's following him. Yeah. Nerd talk is going to sign on for two more years. <laughs> we will see. Yeah. What I also found interesting, he said that this deal was signed shortly after Chicago. So they've been sitting on this for like a couple of weeks, about a month. Yeah. Almost a month. Close to a so month. listening to, we'll talk about this a little bit more because um, Chris Rice came out and said like, it's business. It's, it's nothing personal against Justin. We love Justin, but it's all business, business, business. But Justin made it sound like me and Kyle interpreted this from what he was saying, but it sounded like I would, I got a new job before I got fired. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm thinking he said that in his interview, Justin did that 
colleague, he was in talks. He could have signed with colleague again. The only thing that makes me think that he wouldn't have done that. There's no reason to not sign with that team. You've been with that team for years. You're friends with the owner. Like they treat you like their son. You're best friends with AJ. He's your teammate. The only reason I can think of that he didn't would he wouldn't have done that deal is because colleague probably had an asterisk next to it that said, Hey, you need to find a sponsor. Wolf, Wolf, jump in the 31 next year. Do it. But you need to find us $10 million in sponsorship. Yep. Like, so that's what I'm thinking happened is, yeah. oh, yeah, we'll totally sign you. We'd love to sign you, but you need to give us $50 million. Right. Or whatever the price may be. Yep. For, we need $10 million a year for the next five years, guaranteed. And it goes back to the conversation we've had a few times that colleague may be spreading themselves pretty thin, that it's gotten to a point now where they're like, all right, now we have to have sponsorships. We can't just slap leaf filter on it and basically use our own money to sponsor this car. And I really liked how Justin put it in his interview he did. I forget who did the interviewing. It might have just been in the media center. It, that was just in the media center. But he said- Rick wanted to, Rick Ware, wanted to sign me so then he could propose that to sponsors. Yep. And that is what NASCAR used to be like. It used to be like the 25 car is sponsored by Folgers. Do you want to come drive that car? And then it turned into, all right, Dale Jr.'s in the eight car. Who wants to sponsor Dale Jr. in the eight car? Right. Now the sponsorship works. It's I'm Daniel Hemrick. I have five thousand. I have five million dollars in sponsorship behind me. Who will let me drive their car? Yeah. Yep. It's no longer it's backwards. It, it used to be the sponsor found the team, and then it turned into the team finds the sponsor, and now it's the driver needs to find their own sponsor before they even have a car. Yeah, and you need to get a sponsor, a company, big or small, to agree to back you, and they have no idea where you're going, because you're now going to propose you and that sponsor two teams to try to get them to pick you up. Corey LaJoy has Schluter. He's had them for years. He had Built Bar. He's going up to teams going, hey, I have two and a half million dollars with a sponsor behind me. Is that good enough for your team? Yeah. And Rick Ware, what they're doing with Haley right now is, hey, Coca-Cola, hey, Bass Pro Shops, hey, Budweiser, whoever they're going up to. I have Justin Haley, a five-time Xfinity winner, a one-time cup winner, very promising aspect, long-term He's going to be in my 51 car. Would you like to sponsor him? And that is how it should be. And I like that. That's what Dale Jr. did with Josh Berry last year or the year before, whenever the first year he did the eight was. Seemingly what SHR is doing with Josh what Berry SHR now. SHR is going to do mm -hmm. with Josh Berry now. It's what um, Hendrick did with Larson. Like, I'm going to sign this driver because I know I want this driver. We'll deal with the rest after. And that's the way it should be. And it sounds like that's the way Rick Ware wanted Justin Haley to go rather than colleague, which sounded to me like you need to bring money. Yeah. You, we can no longer fund your car. So you need to bring us money. Yep. Yep. So I think long-term this actually will work out pretty well for him. I think yeah. it's, a, I think it's a great move. It and was, it was a shocking move. Yeah. yeah but, but if Rick Ware is serious, which there's no way Justin went there if because not. that was his only option. Justin yeah. could have, Worked hard. He could have gone down to Xfinity Series, got back in a colleague car, and raced for the next 10 years and got 100 wins. Yeah. I would love to see Rick Ware become a competitive team. Well, well they're looking and at, and Justin Haley used it as an example, they're looking at Spire. Spire, when they first came into NASCAR, was a field filler looking to make a paycheck. Now, yeah. Spire is turning into a full-fledged cup team, and they want to compete for wins. Yeah, they led some laps this was, weekend. Yep. That was exactly the reference that, that Brett said. He said he goes, look at Corey LaJoy in the seven team. He goes, we used to 
call them out just like we do Rick Ware that we that we lap them twelve laps in and then you know see them we, just la- the lap them six, seven more times throughout the race. Now you know he referenced Corey had a great qualifying run this weekend and he's you know he squeaks out top tens here or there. They're they're slowly building. And another point I wanted to make too on the RFK side of this, if this alliance is as big as they're saying, um, Freddie brought it up. If you're RFK and you want to, you know, try something. Now you actually have a viable driver in that Rick Ware car to be like, hey, uh, Justin, we want to try this shock setup. He'll give you real feedback. Yeah. Unlike some of the other guys they've had in those cars where you don't know if they're even feeling anything. Yeah. Now right, they or have, they're just in it for such a short amount of time. They yes. don't know if that's better than last week or worse. Yep. So now they've got Justin Haley in there full time who's a much better driver than anybody that's been in those cars before, they'll be able to throw shit at the wall and see, and he'll be able to give them real world feedback on if that setup worked on, if that was felt good, felt bad, whatever. Yeah. So it's a big win for RFK. It is absolutely pouring. Yep. Right. I compare what Dan just said to what Spire did with the 77. Yeah. They went from the 77 last year, the year before having just a, revolving door of drivers to now they have just one driver, Ty Dillon in it all year. Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree. We've said it before. Ty Dillon's not the best driver in the world, but he will give you consistent feedback in that second car. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. That helps the first car. And that's, I've said that it's, it doesn't need to be the best driver. I would have much rather seen Josh Balicki go in there and race full time in the seven car or 77 or Josh Barry or Justin Allgaier or somebody that, has a potential future in NASCAR, not somebody that's kind of squandered away any chance they have. Right. But a consistent reading readout of information is better for the team. If Rick Ware Racing, well, that got way louder. If Rick Ware Racing has Cole Custer in the car five races, yeah, after three or four races, that's going to start helping them, but then he's going to leave and they're going to put in Ryan Newman again for a couple of the races. Having Justin Haley in there full time will be much more beneficial, whether that second car is revolving or not. I have a feeling that judging by the talks that we heard Justin Haley, they're probably going to put another full time driver in the second car. As and, they should. And they're going to go yeah. and try to be a competitive team. Yeah, I think they should have full time drivers because right. if they're trying to be competitive, although they want to get there at some point, you're not getting there with a revolving door. So. Right. And being in the same shop as Roush is going to be huge. They're still a B-level Ford team, but they're next door literally to an A-level Ford team. Yeah, yep. That's a lot of data you're not going to get. Yeah. Yep. And we know Roush, Roush used to have seven vehicles in that shop, mm-hmm. if not more. I mean, Dan, back in Roush's heyday, five cup cars, two Xfinity cars, one truck probably. Something like that, yep. Like now they have two cars running out of a shop that used to house seven or eight. Yeah, they got the real estate. So they have the room. Brad just went in there and fucking wholesaled the whole place, cleaned it up, refreshed it, revamped it, painted, got all new equipment everywhere. That shop is fucking empty right now. Just waiting. TJ referenced it today. He said they were talking the same when they were having the same conversation. He said, what did he say? He said, walking in there now, obviously he used to be with Joey at Penske. He said, walking in the RFK shop now feels like a mini Penske. He said, Brad has gone in there and absolutely (laughs) turned that place on its ear in a good way. Right, but it's empty. Yeah. It's yeah. High tech, it's brand new, but it's it's empty. It's like Hendrick right now. We've talked about it. They have an entire body shop that's doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have frame machines that aren't being used because right. all that stuff doesn't exist anymore. Roush was peak like at the highest back in the heyday of that stuff. 
Roush has a full-blown race shop, full-blown dyno room, full-blown chassis shop, full-blown body shop not being used. Yeah. So they could take on two more small. They could bring front row, although front row has a gorgeous building. They could bring front row, put them in next to our RWR. They could run eight cars out of Roush's shop. Yeah, Rick, probably easily. Rick, Rick Ware's currently cleaning out the shed they live in, and they're like, right. whoa. Rick Ware, <laughs> yeah. upgrade. Rick Ware yeah. I think, has a massive shop, but they probably run every one of their They companies. run all so of their motocross and IndyCar. Yeah, there's, there's F, um, NHRA cars in there. There's probably they won 24 last week hour oh, wow. bikes and shit. Yeah, there's yeah, all had sorts, sorts of stuff in that shop. So to get, take the cup out and just have a cup-focused building yeah. will probably be huge for them. They go well. to RFK. You guys have lifts? Yeah, <laughs> we've been using jack stands two, for ten years. It's not just two dirt bike stands that you just <laughs> have <laughs> two, two dirt bike stands onto the cup car. Dude, Rickware Racing was probably running like an NHRA team, which is they pull the haulers in, back the cars out, and work on the cars right behind the haulers. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to be surprised if Rickware Racing was doing something similar to that. Yeah. So I think it's an upgrade overall. Um, underneath, you know, the face value of a weird sounding announcement we, i think it's we great. all like exactly now yeah. that i've had a couple of days to let it sink in and heard other things like you were talked about the interview and some of the stuff i heard the last couple of days yeah it's definitely i've i've changed my opinion originally i was like what is he doing what a yeah. downgrade but then you yeah, start to think well. about it and it's after, like you know what after we listened to his interview my yeah. my mind changed a little bit yeah. for sure all right we'll keep moving on uh quick bit of news uh kyle bush was speaking with kelly crandall and kind of Spoke about his dream scenario. He was talking about eventually retiring from Cup, go driving truck full time to compete and potentially win a championship to be the first driver to do all three and then share the truck with Brexton. Then he'll eventually take it over. Which he said in the past, he yeah. said he said in the past he wants to race with Brexton and trucks. Yeah, I think the only other part was doing a full time right. I didn't ride in that. truck. That's I, what yeah, I was surprised. I did not expect him to go full time in trucks, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, Kyle Busch is going to retire and go race trucks." It's like, yeah, in like fucking eight years. That's what I was going to end with. Yeah. Yeah. Brexton's what seven years old, eight something like that. Yeah, yeah. he can't race trucks until he's sixteen. Yeah, yeah. so we this have is a long, long ways out. Time before Kyle Busch is going full time in trucks. But this is exactly what I th- I thought was going to happen. This is I honestly kind of picture Kevin Harvick doing the same thing. Yeah. But it seems like Keelan's going to take more of an open wheel career path mm-hmm. from the looks of it so far. But I I'm not surprised by it at all. I think it'll be super cool for them. I don't look forward to the kind of driver Brexton's probably going to turn into. <laughs> uh, what was it? <laughs> Kyle Larson did a ask me anything. Yep. And it was. Um, like, uh, who's your favorite up and coming NASCAR driver? And he posted a picture of Brexton Bush. It's like that kid's going to be in the cup series. Oh, yeah. He's going to be a shithead. He's going to be <laughs> the next. He's going to be Ty Gibbs because this kid has been dominating everything he's gotten into since he was four years old. He's going to be the devil when he gets into the cup series. He's going to be the most confident rookie we've ever seen in our lives. And he's probably going to be damn good. Yep, I can imagine. So him racing side by side with his dad, sharing a seat with his dad, who is the greatest per- driver to ever get into a truck, probably the greatest driver to ever get into an Xfinity car and probably top 10 greatest drivers to ever get in a cup car for yeah. a modern like, era for sure. Having him oh, over yeah. your shoulder growing up is going to be great, but having him in the same truck as you every other week is going to be huge for that Boston. kid's going to be dangerous when he yeah. gets there eventually for sure. <laughs> Just hopefully he takes a better arc than uh, his dad and his uncle did. I think somebody posted <laughs> like the year is like, 2035, Brexton Bush just won his second cup ch- championship and this and that. And I was yeah. like, it's, it's going to be like literally that. That's exactly what's going to yeah. happen. So we will see. Um, 
God, if Kyle goes full time in trucks, that's going to be just an embarrassment of a season. At every single race. <laughs> He's going to win race. 15 just, races. Well, the only it. benefit is Kyle Busch is going to be eight years older than he is now. So hopefully he's on the downhill. Yeah. But it's, hopefully but someone's got a chance. The downhill of Kyle Busch's With Kyle Busch, it's not guaranteed. It's not going to be that dramatic of a downhill. It's like the downhill of Kurt. It's like, all right, yeah, he won two races this year instead of eight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that much of a slide. Yeah. Um, all right. Keep rolling here. We got uh, some 77 team news. Kevin Bonomanian. Uh, has replaced Kevin Bellancourt as the crew chief for the 77 in hopes that they don't suck as bad. So a Nivek for another Nivek? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Bono has been around forever. Yeah. Oh, really? Like he oh, was yeah. on Bono's he was legend. DEI, wasn't he? He was like DEI. Yep. He I was, think, yeah. was he Mikey's crew chief? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Jeez. I don't know what he's been doing the past 15 years. I don't know if he's still been around the cup cars. I don't know if this is going to be a huge learning curve for him. I mean, we've seen Tony Yuri Jr. Crew chief, the 50 car not have any success because he's not relevant with these cars anymore. So I, I appreciate that they're making efforts. I mean, we've talked about the difference between the seven and the 77 before they're, uh, like, they're so like two completely different shops. A little bit of Bono Manion history. Became the crew chief of the number one Chevrolet and Sprint Cup, but later was specifically selected by Junior and Teresa to head the newly formed Chance 2 team in the Bush Series. They won two championships with Martin Truex and another one with Junior. Went on to receive crew chief of the year award. He was Truex's uh, crew chief in 06 and 07 in Cup. Mm -hmm. Made the playoffs with them. Uh, he was it uh, when he when Truex left for Michael Waltrip Racing in 2010. Jamie McMurray replaced him as the driver of the Earnhardt Ganassi One Car. So uh, he was the crew chief for McMurray's 2010 Daytona 500 and Brickyard 400 wins. Yeah, so he's okay. got a, he's got a, a he's got a resume, got a bit of a resume, right? But it's it's an older resume. Yeah, but he also in 2016, um, Mannion Mannion was the crew chief for the KBM Truck Series uh, with Suarez in the truck uh, part time. As well. Yep. So he's got uh Wow. Awesome. Oh, he also did Zane Smith in 2020. In twenty okay. in twenty eighteen, he was the crew chief chief for the DGR Crosley number fifty four truck with a bunch of different drivers, one notably Justin Marks. Hmm. All right. So he's okay. been, he's still need a lingering around NASCAR somewhere. I need a Vendai. Yeah. So it'll be a bit people. of a learning curve for the next gen car. But yeah, the seventy seven around. They need some help. And like I said, I I have a feeling they're going to make a change next year. So curious to see what happens there. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, and that's all I got for major bits of news. Do you gentlemen have any other things you would like to add in news before we get into our weekend? I don't think so. Yeah. Norm, anything? I don't think so. All right. You got no gas in it. <laughs> Pocono. What a weekend. Ow. All right. I was Ow. just thinking about this. It's kind of funny. This was my fourth time at Pocono. Dan's third time at Pocono. Third. Kyle's second time at Pocono. And Relum Novex's first time at Pocono. Oh, yeah. yeah we got a go. nice little mix-up there. A little, yeah. little downstairs mix-up. <laughs> this was not a downstairs mix-up, Dan. That's just you. That was all weekend. <laughs> what? So, um, we will just start by the days. Uh, Thursday. Let's start that. Well, Tuesday, Wednesday. Panic. Pure panic. Yes. Or actually more Wednesday because Tuesday. Dog, I was cool as a cucumber. Tuesday I was here. Wednesday was a full-blown unadulterated panic. <laughs> From the second I got out of work till we left Thursday morning. Yeah. 
thrash packed after New Hampshire to get uh, get ready for Thursday, our departure. I will say we did pretty good, though. We had said we wanted to leave between 10 and 11. We think we pulled out of my house at like quarter past 10, drove down to the gas station. By the time we got ice, fueled everything up and we're on the road, it was like five past 11. Yeah. So we, we were we good. were doing pretty good there. Yeah. Linked up with Mr. Rellum Novak. Yep. Somewhere down. Somewhere Hartford. in. Yeah. Around Hartford. Right really about it. I was literally just texting you guys and I'm like, I was literally just texting you guys and I was like, let me know when you're uh, by exit 58 or whatever. And At one point I was getting annoyed because Kyle was texting me stuff and you were texting me stuff and I'm trying to drive a bus and I'm like, ah, yeah, I didn't <laughs> like, know that. I, I didn't know you guys up. were already in conversation. Like, he texted me later while I was sitting down having lunch and then he was like, oh, we're, you know, we're on way, you know, see you in a little bit. I'm like, yeah, me and Dan are already talking. He's like, ah, gotcha. Every time <laughs> I would put my phone down. Something else. Carplay would pop up with somebody else texting me. That was what was annoying me is like our group chat or something would be going off and my music would keep getting quieter, louder, quieter, quieter. Uh, quieter, Mine doesn't do that because I have my phone on silent. So does that affect it? Yep. Yep. Uh, Yeah. I'll do that from now on. Yep. It just just makes it pop up. And it was like every time I put the phone down, I'm like, all right, I can concentrate on. God damn it. (laughs) See, I'm new to this whole like modern car thing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we made really good time down there. Good news. A very uneventful ride this time. So uneventful. Really smooth. Kyle had a crash helmet on. Kyle wore his helmet the whole time. That was a fun Uh, time. The best was the first time you passed me with it on because I saw Norm pull out next to me and I'm like, I know what's happening. I look in the mirror and I kind of focus and I saw it through the windshield, just this bright yellow dome. And I'm like, Steph, keep an eye on the window. She's like, why? What's going on? And you guys go flying by with Kyle in the helmet. Yep. (laughs) I didn't tell her that was happening. Yeah, we passed. Well, at first he put it on. I was like, Kyle, visor down. Cause it's like a completely black tinted visor. Oh, yeah. And I was like, just stare at him. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so we, uh, we were passing the mile marker of which I wrecked my truck last year. Uh, so in honor of that passed Dan with a helmet on. We actually had a couple. We did of- the same thing when Kevin joined the yep. fleet. Cause the I, cowboy. I got like cut off and I was like, fucking Kevin and Kyle's all confused. I was like, he just cut us off. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, that's Kevin Miller. He's yep. like, Oh, I'm like, put the helmet back on. <laughs> and he's putting the helmet on. I was like, dude, you don't need to buckle it. And then we go past Kevin and Kyle's hanging out the window with the helmet. On. I was like, all right, good call. You buckled. We, uh, we had a couple little, <laughs> that's why I did it. We had a couple little memorial mo- moments of silence. First, the your mile marker. And then in Danbury, in Danbury, because yeah. Danbury is where I went to the hospital. Checkpoint time extended. Yeah. <laughs> so we made it past the, the rough spot, but Thursday, pretty uneventful. Obviously get there. We, uh, unpack and, I will and say, set up the camper shout to Pocono because that was smoother than the last two years. Oh yeah. The last two years we got there late at night. We were like last year. I actually looked back at my pictures. We got there at like 11 o'clock last year. Jesus. The year before, I think we got there at like nine 30, 10 o'clock and both times like last year was pretty smooth the year before we waited in line to register. So we didn't know what to expect getting there at, you know, when we get there five, five o'clock, o'clock. Got there yeah. just mm-hmm. after five um, now Pocono is a lot different from Loudon. So like Loudon and some other tracks, they will, op- they open up camping the, the weekend before. So like we were able to go dump our camper off the weekend before Loudon. Nobody was there. You know, there was people there registering, but it was very smooth in and out. You leave the camper there. You come back next weekend. Yeah. Pocono opens everything on Thursday morning at like eight o'clock in the morning. I, we hadn't even left New Hampshire yet. I'm in that Pocono camping Facebook group. And there was people lining up waiting at like three o'clock in the morning, Thursday morning. So you can imagine the first few hours are a shit show. And I didn't know with us getting there, you know, four five, six hours before we have the last two years, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. We pulled in, there was no one in line. Yeah. We were in and out of registration 20 minutes, not even 
Yeah. And we all pulled in the same line because we're like, oh, we're kind of together. Like, obviously, me and Kyle are on Dan's same parking pa- or uh, yep. camping pass. Kevin's doing his own thing, but his is a lot faster than a camper. And we all pull in the same line. They're yelling at us because they're like, oh, no, go in separate lines and separate lines. The people are looking at us weird because, like, why would you get in the same line? Yeah. No, it was like the guy was having fun with us. He was fucking with us the entire time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dan had to confuse the hell out of him. Yep. By telling him, like, these guys, we're media, though. We're media. Like, Dan, that has nothing to do with camping. Just let us get our parking passes. Hey, God forbid I try to save you money from them making you buy wristbands. But, hey, I'll just go fuck myself. You can go spend your own fucking money next time, you prick. (laughs) You could tell we've been together a little too long. Yeah. Because these two are arguing on the radio. And I didn't say that. All All I said was, I asked him, I said, we have media credentials, but we can't get them. Right. My favorite part of him fucking with us was when Kevin starts oh, walking oh, yeah, and he goes, you back to your car. And Get just, back in your car. Kevin, Kevin just, like, yes, just, sir. Kevin just slams on the brakes and is like, oh, okay, okay. Yep. Turn right back around. <laughs> head on in. And he, the guy looked at us and started laughing because he knew we were all together. Yeah, and he didn't like, say a damn thing to Kevin until he nope. finished up with everything else. And he's like, you know, I was just fucking with you, right? Yeah. He waited like, so oh long. God, he got was... back up to the, like when he came up to the car, he was like, you didn't have to walk away. Yeah, that was so yeah, fucking that was fun. Great. Oh, dude, the guy confused us 15. He had the Biggest deadpan fuck with you. Like he did. Well, and that's, he was so I, good. I, he was I wasn't dry. Gonna, I'm like, yeah. whatever. I'm just going to let this happen. Whatever, I was like, oh, whatever I'm, this I'm, is, I just want to get in. So I'm sorry, dude. He like, was, no, I'm just me and Kyle turned around and walked back like 15 times because the guy kept telling us to do different stuff. So we're just like, should we be in the truck? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> should I like, get down? The, like, is, is there like a spike strip we need to worry about? Yeah. Drop and roll? Like, what am I doing here? And he was so good. And it's great because he's just having a good time. Yeah, you know, that guy's been fun. there all day. He's been yep. there since Dealing with people in the all day. And yeah. he still had a smile on his face. So everyone helping us in there was super polite. Everyone's waving at us. Oh, oh thanks dude. for coming. Welcome in. Blah, blah, that blah. Was, that was so smooth. Like I said, I, that was, I had a little bit, not anxiety, but I was a little worried. But when we get down there, I'm like, we're going to be waiting for hours. And then nope. I turn around. We, it took us from the time we stopped at the tunnel, grabbed our my camping stuff that uh, Cohan had, who was already inside. He met us outside. From that time to the time we pulled into our campsite was under an hour. Yeah, yep. which was and, and that, that includes me stopping. That includes us bullshitting with that guy and, and you stopping to fill I up with water. I had to get water at that place. Yeah. yeah, and I love how the second we pull through the tunnel now, it's like we turn we go full Ron Swanson. Oh yeah, like anyone that tries to direct us, like I know more than you. So like, <laughs> step aside. The guy was like, you know where you're going? I'm like. I got gotcha. you. Sure do. And I just, like, I, 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 didn't even, I didn't even hit the brakes. I was like, I know where I'm going. Yeah. Cause like last year we did it and the year before it's like, all right, we need to go to turn one. All right. All right. Turn around, go back through the tunnel. Like what the fuck? Are yeah, you doing, they po- yeah. That was the first year we had no idea where we were going. And they, I told them turn one and they pointed me to turn three. And I was like, I don't know where I'm going, but I don't think that's right. Never <laughs> been here before, but I'm pretty sure that's south, and I want to go north. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the opposite direction. So pretty uneventful. We get set up. Hung well, out. The setup, setup, was not beers. setup was not uneventful. We yeah, were on a was, mountain top. Yeah. 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 Well, we got some, we got, so we had five spots um, between, you know, the spot that the four of us were in me, Kyle, Steph, and Norm. Um, and then we had four other spots with, you know, Cohan, DeBarro, DeBarro's girl or DeBarro's sister, other assorted people. We ended up with, I think it was five total spots. There was a massive high point that then dropped off to a low point. Yeah, and it, it did was, slope pretty good. We had multiple ideas on how on where to put our camper, and I think we tried four f- different, four or five of them before. At we, least, so what happens is you have five five dudes that think they know what they're talking yeah. about. So we're all we, we're all given different ideas. It was about an hour of us repositioning, trying to level it, can't get it leveled, and then we just said screw it and basically parked it in the spot we were in last year, and it yeah. ended up working out. Perfectly last year, fun. Dan yeah. would have had us set up in like fifteen minutes because last year Dan didn't realize he was leveling, leveling the his trailer wrong. wrong. Yep, and he like. So he pulls out these blue fancy blocks when we get to his house because he has it leveled at his house. Like, what the hell are those? He's like, this is how you're supposed to level. They're, I was like, 
They're yellow. They're yellow. Is he colorblind? And what did I call it? Blue. You called him blue. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was thinking yellow. I don't know. Where, I was looking at Kevin's hat. Maybe. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Maybe Blame. I'm just dumb. Blame Kevin. That's <laughs> fine. Uh, colors are hard sometimes, guys. I need to go I'm back to first even, place. We'll so go over shapes tomorrow. I, w- <laughs> I will say even, let's say it was last year, Dan, that used to level him with the fucking stabilizer yeah. jacks. That wasn't working on yeah. that. In that, we were no way. We were no. You were so off kilter that was not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. yeah. No, it was great. I mean, we ended up in a really good spot. We had our whole little compound set up, and I, fucking perfect. That was meant. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. better because there was a lot more room in the middle. We had, we had like a big courtyard right in the yeah. middle of the campsites. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I like how nice. Nick put his van on the other side this year. I don't know why it just seemed to work better. Yeah. Yeah, but it was out of the campsite, which I found hilarious. My truck was out of the campsite the entire weekend. My truck didn't move from Thursday night to Monday morning. I never even moved it once. It was out. It wasn't even in the lines and no one said a word. Yeah. Yep. My, my you weren't in the way. Yeah. I was also in the he, way. You were also. Yeah. Yeah. You were. Yeah, Nick way. went full Pocono Pete and was just like parked on the road yeah. course for. And Steph brought it up to me, you know, Loudon. We've never camped there before. So it was our first experience with Loudon. I don't know if this is an SMI thing. They were very like, if you've ever been to Wolfscart, God forbid any of your stuff is outside the lines. They're going to scream at you. Yep. Yep. That's how Loudon was. We wanted to park our camper a certain way. They wouldn't allow it because they have rules that like, if you have a tow behind camper, the hitch has to be accessible. Like, let's just say your camper's on fire and they need to pull it the fuck away from everybody else. Pocono is the wild west. They don't give a shit. Nope. As long as you are in the general vicinity of the spot you're supposed to be in. Yeah, sure. But I, I think it's mostly because of where we were because we weren't in the way. Exactly. Like if we were, you know, parked in one of the spots where you got to access the next row, they would have been like, all right, guys, you got to move this shit. But yeah, like, I feel like we were right on a weird why, turn. So we why, had like, that real estate where I put my truck. I made sure to back it up enough that people could still get by in that lane. Yeah, there yeah. was still that lane in front of us. If I had been if I had been four more feet out, I bet you I probably would have gotten some shit because it would have gotten tight if someone pulled in there with a camper or something. Yeah, but there was still yep, enough yeah. room so for people. To it get worked in out great. That was great. Um, So that's pretty much it for Thursday. Moving on to Friday. Friday, pretty light day. Nothing really goes on on Friday except for till the, the afternoon. Till the afternoon. I mean, yep. when did Xfinity practice start? Three o'clock or two thirty or something like that. Yep. Yep. Early. So we afternoon. had a pretty chill morning. Went and got our credentials. Yep. Went, went around out. the gypsy tents. Ran around the gypsy as we tents. call them. Yep. Yep. So uh-huh. outside of the track, for people listening, we're not just going to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Inside joke style, uh, but outside the track, a little bit down the street, there's a ton of tents, much like most other tracks are like. You know, people set up outside the track. I mean, I imagine oh, there was stuff outside yeah. the track. I didn't even. They yeah, were yeah. the same. Oh, because you they, guys went out yeah. for the media. They were the same guys that were in Loudon last week. Like, yeah. They travel around and set up where they're allowed to. And it's just they have a lot of current stuff. They also have a lot of we found this at a yard sale in Winston-Salem. Yeah. Or we've been sitting on this for 20 years and nobody cared. Yeah. And right. this is, is new old stock that these companies threw away. That is Kyle, myself and Norm's heaven. Oh, yeah. Old, we, old merch, old die cast. We were digging through shit for at least an hour. Yeah. Every tent. We so went room with fine. Who found things. what? I found a grave digger, uh, Kevin Harvick car, die cast. Yep. You want, you got yep. a good deal on that. You got a smoking deal on that. Really good deal on that one. Uh, Norm, what'd you get? You had a die cast. I got a. I, th- I swear I bought more die cast. You got the Smokey but, and the Bandit one. Yeah, but I feel like I bought more stuff before that that I just don't know where it is or what it is. But I feel like I spent more money than I did because I showed up with like 200 cash and it's all gone. <laughs> but I only have like $120 worth of stuff. So I, I'm going to have more stuff I'm going to find down the it's road. It's in your truck somewhere probably. Yeah, there's yeah. there's like die cast under my seats or something. Probably. But I bought the Ernie Irvin 56 Dale Earnhardt Chevrolet. Oh, I didn't know you bought that one. Yeah, I knew so you were looking at I it. I saw that at Loudon last week. Yep. It's a silver like 86. Um, I don't It's know not an it's, Aero Coupe. I don't think it's an nope, Aero Coupe. It's a regular right. money. It's like an 80s 
Monte Carlo, the cool style. Um, so probably 86 because 87 was the Aero Coupe, right? Around about, yeah. Yeah. 85. It's an Ernie Irvin car. It wasn't a Dale Earnhardt Incorporated car. It wasn't a Richard Childress racing car, but Dale Earnhardt's Chevy dealership sponsored his car. Yep. So it's kind of like a reverse of the three car before the three car existed, where this is silver on the top, red stripe down the middle, then black on the bottom. Mm. But it's a 56. It's a phenomenal Which is car. the number I've run on iRacing and other sim racing stuff since like 2005. So it's always been like my number. And so I've run this scheme multiple times because I just found it online. Like, oh, that's a cool paint scheme. Oh, it's 56. Oh, it's Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. Like, I have multiple throwbacks I've done of this car. I based my last year's um, pro car off of it when we were racing the 87s in pro. So I saw it last week in New Hampshire and went, dude, that thing is sick. I'd never saw a die cast of this, and I love that scheme. But in New Hampshire, I did not want to carry it around all day Yep, because we were all over the place. I saw it again in one of the gypsy tents, so I had to buy it. I was like, fuck. I was like, I was like, how much is this? He goes, well, the closer they are to me, the more expensive they are. And I was like, shit, this is right next to you, sir. It was like 50 bucks. It wasn't that bad, actually. Yeah. But I bought that. Um, he had the most random, like, Smokey and the Bandit collector's car. So it's the 77 Trans Am, but it has a Smokey and the Bandit belt buckle, which I could give two shits about, but 77, 78 Trans Am is my favorite car of all time. Mm -hmm. Smoking the Bandit is one of my favorite movies of all time. So I was just like, son of a bitch, how much is this? He's like 30 bucks. I was like, you got me, bitch. I'm <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with it all or, right. the, or the belt buckle, but I was like, that's my favorite car of all time. You had to. Just black on gold Trans Am with the gold honeycomb wheels like all day. I'm glad you got the DEI one. I didn't know you grabbed it. I think I'd moved over the next tent oh, yeah, because you, I, we were together when you were talking about it in New Hampshire and I'm, yeah. I was surprised you didn't. But I'm glad you did. I bought that. There was a couple cars that I know me and Dan would have both loved to buy if we just had money burning holes in our pockets. But it was the 80s IROC when they raced third gen Camaros. When they raced actual IROCs. And two tents had the Dale Earnhardt 88 Camaro, like the third gen IROC body style that we all mm. love. And they were very nice die Because they were American. super detailed. The one that we saw originally, I think it was like a buck 20. Yeah. And it was yeah. just like super clean, bright red IROC Camaro. The guy at the next tent had like the Chrome Illusion ones, but they were like 250 a pop. And I was looking at the first one. I was like, God damn, I have it. I have the money in my pocket. I could buy this and I'd be happy. <laughs> but I'm so glad I didn't. But I did end up buying um, Sam Bass Prince. Damn found them. At well, this the, was later. We're yeah, talking. We're just yeah. going over what we bought at all the gypsy tents. Oh, okay. Tents. I thought we were just going on the day, infield, day one. They had other gypsy tents on the infield. And there was one tent that had probably 15 recreations of Sam Bass yeah, they, artwork they from bought the 80s up, to 90s. They said they bought up a like a lot of Sam Bass prints. They're not originals. They're not, you know, like artwork, but they're prints of the original artwork. Yeah. And they had a, yeah, I think it was probably 15, 16 different ones. Yeah, they had uh, two or three Terry ones, like 10 or 12 Dale Earnhardt They ones. were mostly Dale Earnhardt. They had a big, like, five-foot-long Winston banner that had all the guys from the Winston in 1988, I think it was. They had a Jeff one, um, a Mark Martin one, a Rusty Wallace one. A lot of good ones. Yeah. But I was torn between two or three different Dale ones, and I eventually bought one of the Dale ones. They were 10 bucks. Luckily, I had spent most of my money before I got there because I would have bought every one of them. Yeah. I also found a uh, sick Kevin Harvick Bush throwback shirt. By accident. Super accident. So uh, Kyle, just, it's, it's a cool like brown, gray, brown shirt. And he picks it up and says Kevin Harvick on the front. And he's like, man, this is a really clean shirt. And then he holds it up and I'm standing in front of him and I see the back of it and it's the back of it is one of the throwback 
Bush light cars that he's run before. And I'm like, Kyle, but it was the Chevy. Yeah. I was like, Kyle, can you um, turn that shirt around? And he turns it around and your eyes got his biggest dinner plates. You're like, <laughs> and then he checks it. And he's like, this is the only one. And it's in my size. He was like, you're coming home with me. Yep, you're mine. Yeah. That's, that's happening. That's Other easy. than that, I was actually pretty good about buying stuff. I, I didn't mean, buy. A I didn't. I got a couple other shirts that I remember. Uh, I had got shirts from North Wilkesboro that Cohan gave me. Yeah, but there's other shirts that I remember. We'll get there. That's oh, all. we're that's not there a, yet. That's that's a, that's, that's, you're jumping ahead. Later. Norm's jumping way ahead. Yeah. I feel like you bought like three or four shirts while we were there. No. He, no. he got some that Cohan gave him. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, bought the Harvick one. Cohan gave me two, and then we'll get to the ones that we buy. What did you buy? Did you buy any merch? Um, beyond, not including the story. Beyond the story, um, I don't think I bought anything out of the gypsy tents. Um, I bought this new Larson hat because like my- color. Uh, the colorway was sick, um, but the original Larson hat that I bought at New Hampshire like two years ago, it's getting a little weathered. So yep. I was like, time to get a new Gotta one. Got to get a replacement. Yeah. So got a new one of these. Um, I like to get a shirt every now and again. Um, and then one thing that I was thinking about buying, but I didn't, was the uh, the replica helmet that they Those have. are cool. Yeah. Um, just because like, I'm like, they're neat, whatever, right? And like, I'm in a sense, putting a NASCAR themed living room together, but like also going to put stuff out in my lounge area when that gets finished out. And I was talking with the wife. I was like, you know, helmets would be cool. And then I like went on Hendrick.com or whatever to, you know, look at them. And I'm like, wow, these are more expensive, like uh-huh. on the website than you are, than they are at the hauler. So next time I'm at the hauler, I'm probably going to buy one of them. You're talking yeah. about the championship helmet or just yeah. normal helmet? Championship yeah, the championship one. one, I see that every once in a while. It's so cool. Keep an eye on the gypsy tents because that'll pop up at the gypsy tents. Yep. I've seen really three or four of them. Really? But I love that helmet. The, that's the, the, helmet. The, the Phoenix helmet the Phoenix is so helmet's sick. so good. Like, yeah, that's so good that's, that's one that I want to get. Um, the coolest find that I think I had in one, cause I didn't go to the outside gypsy tents that you guys were mm-hmm. all talking about. I only went to the ones that were in like the fan zone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the coolest one that I found before in like our story time was the, uh, the autographed Noah car that I showed you. Yes. Um, in, in that same tent where we bought all those shirts. Yeah. Um, there was just out randomly, just an autographed Noah Xfinity car, just like hanging out. And yep. I was just like. That's neat. I'm going to put that down now because yeah, it's it going to cost like, me money. It was money. just like a random win Bass Pro Shops yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. literally just like a <clears throat> random autographed Noah car. And I'm just like, well, that's neat. I made it out of <laughs> I made it out of the out-of-track ones pretty scot-free. Yeah. I got the, I got the yeah, license plate. Yeah, that was the old cool. old school NASCAR with the old 90s. Um, what was the scheme? It's like NASCAR. Everything, Everything else, else is just, just a game. game. And I was like, you know what? That needs to go on the back of the camper. Yeah, it yeah, has like a cool. shadow, like checkered flag behind it's it. Sick. Yeah, five, five made it out of there spending five bucks. That was that's a good five bucks good well get. spent. Uh, I say my $10 spend later on in the weekend was the best purchase of the weekend, but we'll get there. We'll get there. So uh, Friday night, we well, tried that is, that to is Friday. We're on the same day. So. That was Friday night. No, no, my, my purchase for you. For oh, you. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about our. So uh, Friday night, we tried to go watch the ARCA race. Uh, we figured we'd go up to the stands, hang out in the stands, bring a, bring a couple sodas with us. Because as much as the ARCA race is usually a joke, it's one of the more fun races of the weekend because it's always at like 630 at night. So you get cool, like <laughs> golden hour race cars. Yeah. Yep. So that's where you're like, let's just go up there. It'd be cool. So we trek it all the way over from turn one. Pretty good walk. <laughs> we got a full squad with us. We didn't walk, though. Yes, that's where I'm going. Um, pretty good walk. So we only make it about, I don't know, 50 yards, give or take. Yep. And a gentleman that we had complimented both his truck and his dogs pulls up next to us and says, hey, you guys want to ride? Where are you going? Well, we're going to the infield. Well, hop in the back. 
So we hop in the back of the bed of this man's truck and he drops us off what, of the tunnel. What was the truck, Kyle? I was going to say, Norm, what was this man driving and why so, did we compliment his truck in the first place? So it's a newer Chevy 2500, just black Silverado. Nothing too fancy about it. Wasn't any like high country or anything rare like that. But dude had like full on Dale inspired gray stripe with the red on the bottom of it, as well as I think it was three and a small three and a good wrench down on the door Yep, yep. where you would typically see like a Chevy emblem yep. on an older truck. There would be a Silverado or something on the door. He had good wrench and then the three kind of cut into the stripes. Yep. Uh, apparently the guy owned a body shop and he kind of did that he kind did of stuff himself. professionally. I mean, he's put the numbers on the wrong sides, but other than that, it was perfect. He even had like it. It was like the Lumina style yeah. because it dipped down square in the front. Rather than on the newer cars, it was a lot rounder. Mm-hmm. So it was very like 90s Lumina style. Uh, it was very it was just well like done. It was super clean, unassuming. It's like if they made a Dale Earnhardt edition truck. Yeah, it would be, yeah. you know, like you see the guys that make the replica trucks, like that guy on Instagram, the Dale car. I can't stand that thing. The Monte Carlo that's all yeah. done up like an Earnhardt car. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like 10 feet off the ground. That's what yeah, bugs he me. He did about that it. without the gaudiness. It's just a black truck with the correct silver and red stripe on the bottom and a little. Like Norm said, little well, three good wrench details. It's like Perfect. the Monte Carlos we always talk exactly. about. Yep. The, the Jeff Gordon, the Tony Stewart, the Dale Jr., the Dale Sr. edition Monte Carlos they did in 02 or whatever. Yeah, he just did it in a 2500 HD. Yeah, it doesn't have a three by three number on the door and giant sponsors over the quarters. It just has the subtle essence of the paint scheme. Yep. A little tag on the bottom that just shows you this isn't just a random two-tone. This is a Dale Earnhardt Goodwrench two-tone. So he drove yeah. by our campsite and we were all like, yo, that's sick. And then his dogs were cool. And then, yeah, yeah like we started two beautiful golds. Yeah, and then we just started walking and he pulls up behind us and he's like, you guys want to ride? So we got a nice ride in the Dale truck. Yeah. Yep. So we head up in the stands, find a spot, park it, open a beer, rain cups. <laughs> we were there in there. For, we were in the stands soon. for five minutes. Yep. So it starts, starts raining. They say, oh, it's delayed. We're like, all right, well, we might as well just pop around the fan zone, check out the haulers, whatever, which we do. Well, it started with Cohan was looking at his weather app and he's like, I know my state. It's only going to rain for 13 seconds. and It's going to stop. <laughs> so like, OK, cool. So like the second the sprinkle started, everyone evacuated and we just sat in our seats. Yeah. Like Cohan's a local. He says it's going to stop raining. Turns into torrential downpours within 30 seconds of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we're just like, all right, shelter in place, I guess. Yeah. So it lightened up a bit. We walked over to the haulers, checked out the merch, made a couple purchases. We're walking around. My purchase of the weekend with my son hat that I that I denied myself in Loudon. Yeah. And then it right. was there that, again. We've been that, trying to get you to buy a sun hat for years. And then it was there again. And I was like, you know what? I can't. Time. I can't. Time. I can't do it. I got I can't let it go this time. The NASCAR edition sun hat. Phenomenal. This thing is sick. It's and you jealous. wore it the rest of the week. I like yeah. it more than my sun hat, which is the NASCAR Hurley hat. Yeah. But I didn't know they existed when I bought that one. Yeah, I don't know. I like the sun hats are taken off. The I flag. fucking love sun hats. I'm yeah, not a sun too. hat guy, but I am now because that thing was fucking you, phenomenal. You didn't take it out the rest of the weekend. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we do start doing a lap. Things are starting to get closed up. We're like, all right, we'll start heading back. And then the monsoon comes. So we pull over at the Chevy booth and we get promptly <laughs> kicked out. And then we end up in a, what seems to be like a mini bar thing that was already was like closed up. hand shit out. They were like, probably giving yeah, it was a free t-shirt. Shirts. It was uh, a free t-shirt hang. booth. Yeah. So we park it in there. We asked the security guard, like, are we good in here? Cause you just kicked us out from five feet over there. And he's like, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Norm called some lady old. <laughs> Got yelled at for calling some lady old. I whispered some lady old and yelled some lady old. Yeah. <laughs> I think Norm said crazy old broads. 
This yeah, lady was like, there was has the greatest hearing in the world snapped. because she was 60 yards away. She snaps around. I'm not old. You just said you were grandma five minutes ago. No, 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 no. You didn't say what she said she was too old to do anymore. Oh, dump them out. Yeah. Somebody was talking about, oh, no, it was wet t-shirt contest because it was pouring. Yeah. Yep. And she's like, I, I hope we don't get caught in that. I'm I'm a grandma now. I'm too old to have these things out. And then. Um, no, too old to do, do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Do that anymore. And I said keyword anymore. Yeah. And she laughed and they were, they were super nice. And then this lady had unbelievable hearing. Eagle hearing. Yeah. Unreal. So it starts to lighten up a little bit. We start walking. There's another, as we call gypsy tents, you know, bunch of older, older yeah. shit. Yeah. And we're, it starts pouring again. So we hop in there. We're just poking around, we'll wait out the rain a little bit. And there's like seven or eight of us at this point. Yeah. Yeah. There so was we're f- kind of like filling up this place. And just yelling at each other across the tent. Every time we yeah. find something. We took over this tent pretty promptly. Yeah. And then we find. Oh, no. The, the greatest shirt ever. I found the. I found the Carl Edwards one. Yes. So there is a women's Carl Edwards 99 shirt. It's the tag is Chase Authentics for Women. Yes. And the shirt was five bucks. Five bucks. Five bucks. So it's a white Body, like body tight tank top yeah. with like the like extra stitching on the sleeves and the neck and stuff like that. Very mid two thousands, but it's a like red shadow Carl Edwards face on the front, a car on it, and then a bedazzled ninety nine <laughs> right next to the car. So it's like men don't typically buy shirts with a giant another man's face on it. Plot it's not twist, the most common one. Yeah, I'll buy any shirt with a car on it, but you go. Hey, wear this shirt with Carl Edwards smiling on it. I'm probably gonna be like, no, thank you. No, yes. thank you. This one was all Carl Edwards' face. Yeah. Surprisingly wearing a fire suit. I wouldn't yeah. have been surprised if it wasn't. Reddish pink everything. <laughs> and then a 99 outlined in gemstones. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't Dan actually goes, gemstones. It was glue with glitter. Yeah, it's just yeah. glitter glue. Yeah. It's not so, I could tell you it was that because these guys all had glitter on them for the rest of the week. Yep. So <laughs> we, f- we find the first shirt and it turns into it's I, Kyle's size. I say- you buy it, I'll wear it. I had five bucks burning a hole in my pocket, so I said, here you go, Kyle. Put your money where your mouth is. Wear yeah. this shirt. Yeah. So I change into the shirt instantly. Everyone around is laughing. Both the people that are working there, our friends, random other, other people, people shopping. Because they've been watching this whole yeah. thing unfold. So, ha, 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 this goes well. But wait, there's more. The rain continues, so we're still just still poking around, it. and we find more. We found a Tony Stewart one. Multiple of those. Well, no. Yes, there was a there was a couple of the Tony Stewart we ones. We find a pair of Tony Stewart ones, which go to the Millers. Well, that was Kevin bought one for himself. Well, we don't that go was, that detailed. Put it on. It's painted on him. And then someone goes, <laughs> yeah. Kevin, why didn't you buy this one? The XL. It's the next why size Why didn't up. you buy the large instead why of the medium? Yeah, yeah, so so Kevin's medium? like, well, I'm not going to have two of them. I was like, dude, your wife's standing there not matching you. And she was <laughs> That's unacceptable. In. She was in instantly. And she instantly. looks at Kevin like, why didn't you think of that? And Kevin's like, I didn't know we wanted to match. Here so all go. of a sudden, they're wearing matching Tony Stewart onesies at this point. <laughs> Kevin, Kyle's well, still wearing the Carl Edwards one. And he found mine, which was, the, was just yeah, generic NASCAR. I found the NASCAR one. Which we all decided as the free agent in the room was perfect for myself. And yeah. it was like a weird script NASCAR. And instead of numbers, it's got stars all over it that are yeah. glitter glue. <laughs> you had more glitter than everybody. I was the most bedazzled. And it was yes. a different generation of car on Dan's. Yes. Yeah, it was. You guys were all car of tomorrow generations. Dan's was still the Gen, Gen 4s. 4s. Yep. So then we, we're all laughing. We're done. 
I make one more trip back to now, mind you, these are not all in the same rack. These are in like 10 different fucking yeah. racks. We so didn't buy all these together. We find one, buy it, find another one, buy it, yeah, like find another one. And that's buy what it. I think made five it minutes between even funnier yes. because it was like, all right, here's one. That's funny. All right. I'll pay for Kyle's. And like, yeah, guys like ringing this out. Like I never thought I'd sell the shirt. Yeah. yeah. Exactly yeah. Five minutes later, we're like, year. here's another one. And the guy has to ring out another one. So, so it wasn't like it was a bulk purchase. The guy yeah. had to sell 16 different shirts. And so. they're laughing harder and harder and every harder time every time. So then the rain is lightening up. We're like, all right, we can probably start rolling. And I look one last time in Iraq. And what do I find? The Kevin Harvick version. So Kyle <laughs> promptly strips his Carl Edwards one off. Gives puts it, it on Cohan <laughs> and has the rest of the night in his Kevin Harvick bedazzled tank top. I slept in it too. He did. He woke up the next morning in it. There's probably glitter all up. Yeah, in I was going to say that bed 100%. is ruined. Now. Yeah, that, that bed is covered <laughs> in glitter. There's a 62 in the bed yeah, now. We were walking back on Friday night and we couldn't stop laughing because one of us would turn and look at each oh, other we and took, we would just die. We took a bunch of pictures. It was perfect because the rain was letting up. So there's rainbows in the background. Yes. So there's rainbows shooting at you guys in the picture. The guy, pay here guy, who was selling us the shirts, was mind blown by he the was, whole. He whole came out. He was baffled. He, he came out and took a picture pictures. of us on his own phone. Yes, yes, he did. He's like, can't believe I just took these idiots for forty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> well spent, money well spent. So there's, there's videos which I'll I'll share uh, in our reel of us walking around all matching in these ridiculous shirts. But we made the best of it and we, we had, had a great so time. And fun. everyone around us is laughing, waving, smiling at yeah. us. So we definitely lightened some spirits of people that were stuck in the we rain. We get back for sure. and Steph's like, wait, how much did you drink? And I'm like, I've had like two beers. I was just living in the moment. Yeah. Having a good time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Steph, Steph thought you were hammered. I was like, I'm not. Like, like, nope, sober. This is just a good time. This is just, this having is just it. stupid. All started with you buy it, I'll wear it. Yeah. <laughs> so we head back to our campsite and Friday night was our, our potluck night. Yes, it was. So we had a whole bunch of people make, you know, one dish each or whatever. And we all shared it. Um, a loyal listener of ours, Mr. Just Bus. Yes. Okay, Justin. Yep. So there was a few listeners that we did end up meeting this weekend. Uh, Just Bus. Yep. Who very, very active in our discord. He was um, kind of planning this whole weekend around us as well. Yep. Because I believe it was also their first time going to Pocono. First yes, time it yep. was. Yep. First family. time camping too. And they just happened to get a campsite a hundred yards away from us. So they're like, let's, let's like mix this all together. Yeah. And that's like a, yeah. Joe soul. We met Joe soul. He's very active in the discord. He as met well. us. So he, he found us at Pocono last year because he was in that same campsite. Yeah. Super. So he close. became a listener yeah. last year. Didn't really hang out with us, but hung out with us a ton this year, which was awesome. It was so great. It, it wasn't long after we parked that there's a bunch of like people coming over like, I'm so-and-so like, oh, this is weird. Like we're meeting name tags. Yeah. Instead of people yeah. at this point. Yeah. Because it's just like, I'm so-and-so like, okay. But this on the discord, like, oh, okay, dude, yeah. I've had like 30 conversations. Oh with yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. Got to use the the handle. Yeah. Who the but, hell is Justin? You're just, just bus. Yeah. Justin came over with his wonderful parents and grandmother. They brought a ton of food over. Yeah, they did. Yep. I was worried about that at Same. first. I think we all kind of talked about this. Like you never know, like how somebody's parents are going to react to a bunch of late twenties, early thirties kids being idiots. Yeah. But his parents were just like, hold my beer. We got this as well. They and blended right in. Was, oh, they were perfect. <laughs> Let's watch these people. Even his grandmother. <laughs> crazy I, I, I could have hung out with his grandmother all weekend. She was 
hilarious. All of them were great. Like there was a point we were talking about, I think I brought up how my dad never liked going to Sunday races. So we always went on practices and Justin's grandmother's like, I'm the one that dragged all these assholes to races. And I'm like, I love this woman. She's phenomenal. I was talking to his mom. We somehow started talking about her crush on Bon Jovi. So I said to his dad, I'm like, is Bon Jovi her hall pass? He goes, yeah, you can have her. (laughs) (laughs) I missed that. They were just, they were great. Awesome to hang out with. Food was awesome. Um, we had way more food than we needed. Too much food. Which was great because usually you go to these things and you just eat like, eat like crap for like four days. But we ate like kings. I felt bad the next Saturday morning when we walked outside and I had to throw it all away because we left it all out all night like idiots. Well, there was a lot of, there was a lot of like the the juice more so yeah. than there was the the yeah. contents. So it, people ate. Oh, people we ate a lot. Yeah, no, people, people ate. ate a shit ton. Yeah. Still. And you had your uh, your pasta. Yeah, I, I, I brought pasta to the woods, I guess. You sure <laughs> Steph, did. Steph made meatballs. Oh, it was great. Oh, they were super good. They uh, were so good. Everything they made was super good. They had chicken and beef and stuff Mac like and that. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Shit. Yeah. Potato salad. Everything was good. The really glad. The were sick. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm super glad we didn't camp with them, though. Found out Sunday night that his grandmother was a huge Denny Hamlin fan. Oh, no. Um, oh. I don't know if I want to be camped with them. Oh, no. Uh, the gloating would have been miserable. Yes. Yeah. That would have been rubbed in our face for a while. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I'm like, all right, you guys, you guys can stay over there. You. Yeah, and uh, Friday night, we we took a little bike ride around. Friday night was when, uh, yeah, me and you went for a quick little blast. Yep. And then some of us walked down to the concert. We got down to the concert. Oh, we didn't even talk about Thursday night that we all had to live through a tornado, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, by all of us, I mean Kevin, because yeah, Kevin was, was in say, a tent. We, we were pretty safe. I yeah. got up at three o'clock in the morning because a door was open and closed the door. Kevin couldn't close the door. No, I was in the <laughs> thick of it. It got nasty Thursday night. really bad Thursday night. It poured really windy, all this stuff. So back to Friday night, the area where the concert was had not dried out. So we all would go walking down there to go see whatever crappy 80s cover band is that night and maybe grab some snacks or something. The second we walk into the concert fan zone field area, Steph steps in a mud puddle so deep that it came out the holes of the Crocs like (laughs) Play-Doh. And that ruined her night. Um and we were all kind of walking around and we were there, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, if that. And we lost Norm because his bike broke. And Kyle lost his beer because Norm had Kyle's beer. Mm-hmm. So then Kyle went and bought a beer and we were just standing there and we all realized that you had to, you couldn't look anywhere. You had to watch where you were walking because if you took the wrong step, you were falling in a <clears> foot <throat> of water. Yeah. So we vacated. Yeah, rather, we headed back and, and hung quickly. at the campsite instead. Yeah, much, which was much, a good choice. Much better choice. Way better choice. I found out that Justin and Nick didn't make it back to the campsite till about three in the morning. Yeah, they were there a long time. They were there all night. They had a good time. So that brings us to Saturday. Saturday, uh, obviously, was the ARCA race first thing in the morning because it was rained out. So as Dan called it, pancakes and ARCA breaks. Literally was sitting in the camper as the ARCA race is going on and Steph is making pancakes. It was kind of phenomenal. It was 830 in the morning when the ARCA race gets started. So kind of awesome to wake up nice and early to race cars. We went from golden hour Friday night to like sunrise golden hour. (laughs) Yeah, it was beautiful. It was was actually pretty sick. Uh, And then shortly after that started the CRC Brake Clean 150. Truckers truck race. Um, so obviously we're talking a lot about our weekend and our experience there. So we will kind of recap the race pretty quickly. Uh, won't spend a ton of time on each race. Cause then this will be a nine hour long podcast. Yep. So, uh, to recap quickly, Nick Sanchez led outside alongside Jake Garcia to come to green. We only make it four laps when Tanner gray loses it. Turn one spins and blast the inside wall. Me and Norm were standing on the camper. We watched him lose it. Cause it was right in front of us. 
Yeah. But we couldn't see where he hit the wall, but we knew he hit a ton because we saw the big <laughs> when he hit. Yeah. yeah. He went like behind a camper, but me and Dan both looked at each other like he picked up speed. He went There's faster. No way he didn't hit a ton. Yeah. We, yeah. He went faster into the wall. And he sure did. Yeah. Uh, we only make it 15 laps for the end of stage one uh, with Zane Smith taking the first stage, followed by Nick Sanchez, Matty D, Kyle Bush, Austin Hill, your top five. Jake Garcia, Corey Heim, Grant Infinger, Stuart Friesen, and Taylor Gray. Um, stage two, fairly uneventful. Zane Smith also wins stage number two, followed by Stuart Friesen, Nick Sanchez, Matty D, Grant Enfinger, your top five. Then you got Ben Rhodes, Tyler Ankrum, Raja Karuth, Colby Howard, and Matt Crafton in your second stage. Stage two was so fast. I got off the roof, went downstairs, got a snack. And was climbing back up the ladder. It was stage over. two, and I was like, "What? You're like, what's going on? What happened?" I was like, "End of the stage." What? Yeah, I was. I was. I don't feel like I was gone for ten minutes. Uh, you, you probably, probably much weren't. weren't. Yeah. The yeah. truck race was the same length as the Arca race. I don't understand. But had that. three stages. Yeah, I don't it get was that. Crazy how they ran that. Yeah. Um, all right, we get to lap 38 when we get back to green for the final stage. Chastain and Eckes get into it with each other, uh, battling at the end of the top 10. Chastain ends up real far out of shape, drops to like 20th and change. We get to 46 when Jake Garcia and Nick Sanchez go for solo spins, actually. They didn't yes. actually touch each other. They didn't take each other out. They both spun at the same time. Oh, on the I same thought turn. Nick Sanchez hit. Nick Sanchez hit the 35. Oh, no. Yes. That was the different one I'm thinking of. Sanchez uh, spun underneath him. Yeah. So that was Took right at the it. exit of turn two. We saw that and the 35 pounded the wall and was out of the race. Yeah. Nick Sanchez got some pretty good right front damage, but that was, it was kind of sad to see because right. those are two kind of, they're both new guys. It's a truck series, but they're slightly underfunded teams. I mean, especially the 35, that's kind of like a no, out of nowhere team and to qualify outside front row was huge for them. Yeah. Uh, Nick Sanchez was having a great race before that point as well. So it was kind of just like, oh, like your two, like your front row guys, like the two young guys that were having great races just took each other out. Still, he's having a great season. Yeah. So kudos to him. It was running really well until that accident. Um, but we get to 52 on a restart. And this was the messy one. Corey Heim uh, outside alongside Kyle Busch. We get to um, Carson Hosevar ends up getting loose, ends up heads up the track a bit and takes a whole mess of people with him. Uh, yeah, he was bottom three wide and just went, yeah, I'm going to go to the top. Now. I'm going to go up here. Yeah, we were watching the replay again to get the TV broadcast and he definitely bobbled it, chased it up the track and there was two other cars there. Yeah, just an absolute stack up. Um, goes into Casgrala first, who gets into Parker Kligerman. And then a whole mess of trucks run right into him. Stuart Friesen, Parsons, Hosevar, Austin Hill, Wallace Allen, Zane Smith got a lot of damage there. Who won the first two stages takes his uh, his day to the end. To uh, a fiery end. Oh, yep. yeah. He had like an NHRA John Force kind of <clears throat> blow up going yeah. down the backstretch. Chastain and Kligerman involved. That ended up having to red flag the race. Uh, but let's talk about the final two laps, if you will. That Norm. whole last bit was sick. Yeah. Norm. So it was Corey Heim in the one, correct? Correct. Yes. So Corey Heim, who just wanted to let the world know that he was the in 11. first place. He was in the 11. the 11. I thought it was the one. It was two know. ones. It was the 11. I knew it was uh, one of the Tricon cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the Denny Hamlin special. Um, he wanted, first of all, for the red flag, wanted to let the world know that he was still in first Dude. place and still had a Kyle Busch because he stopped in it front of the pace truck about 200 yards in front of the rest of the pack 
in the middle of all the ambulances. They stopped and me and Norm were up on the roof and I saw the pace truck and I saw Kyle Bush and I'm like, wait, what happened to Corey? And I turned my head and I'm like, oh, he's over there. He's way over there. <laughs> I, I watched him do it. And I was like, I just think he wanted to let everyone know that he just passed Kyle Bush. Yeah. And he's still in the lead. So like, yeah. look how far ahead I am. Yeah. But uh, him and Kyle Bush were battling, but he seemed to have it under control. He was three or four truck lengths in front of Kyle Bush. Most of that final run. Yeah. And Kyle Bush was slowly working on him, slowly working on him, slowly working on him. They go through turn one, which is all we can realistically see. And Corey Heim still has about a car length on him. Like, oh, cool. Good for him. He's going to beat Kyle Bush. That's going to be, it's not like the biggest win of his career, but that's a huge moment for you to say, hey, I beat Kyle Bush straight up. So yep. that's a notch in the belt. Yeah. Big it's time. just, it's, you get the cup series and you battle door to door with Kyle Bush. Yeah. I beat Kyle Bush, but in the truck series, that is Kyle Bush is the guy. It's not it's a big deal. We talked, we talked about earlier. He's probably the best person that's ever sat in a truck. Yeah. Um, so go through turn one, like, oh, cool. Like he gapped him a little bit. The last before Kyle Bush gained on him a little bit. We're like, cool. He's going to pull it out. He's going to beat Kyle Bush. That's super cool for him until the next turn <laughs> where Kyle Bush apparently gained a hundred horsepower. That thing he went, took he went from off like two car lengths behind him to side by side with him going into turn two and just cleared, went 400 feet past everyone else's braking zone and just made it look easy. I'm like kind of juked him like he was going to throw the block, but I think he realized that Kyle was coming so fast that if he threw the block, he was fucking both of them. Yeah. And then he, he just, got just out of the gapped way. the shit out of yeah, him. Well, and that was the cool thing with the trucks is I didn't even realize how much of a draft they get, especially on the front straightaway. Well, they're fucking <laughs> they're bricks. bricks. So yeah. we were we were sitting on the obviously on top of the camper. We had our scanners on. We had the radio going and every lap. They're like Corey Heim, you know, off of three has four or five cars on Kyle, like four or five car lengths. And then we'd be, we'd be all looking up at the front straightaway. And when they come into frame, Kyle's diving to the inside of him because he had such a run from the yeah, pole. It was a beautiful pass. Oh, we'll sick. give him that. Oh, sick. So <clears throat> Kyle Bush ultimately takes checkered flag, followed by Corey Heim, Taylor Gray, C. Bell, Grand Enfinger, Ty Majeski, Christian Eckes, Dean Thompson, and Ben Rhodes and Maddie D to wrap up your top 10 in the race. Huge shouts to, uh, Ty Majeski and Christian Eck is starting 34th and 35th, started finishing 6th and 7th. Yeah, big. Good big runs numbers. for them. Dean Thompson starting 33rd, ending 8th. Yeah, oh, one, so. one wreck takes out like 12 trucks. Yep, that, that should do really it. really helps that, gain that, that was, that quite was, a bit. That was a you know pretty uneventful race, but that <clears> last like 10-lap run was phenomenal yeah. to watch. Just watching yeah. Kyle, basically like watching a master of their craft try to work somebody over because yeah. he would dive bomb them into one. But Heim would get the run off the top every time. And you knew Kyle's just setting him up, just setting him up. See what I can do. See what I can do. And to go too wide into the tunnel turn like that is nuts. Yeah. Right. It's when he finally made its move. It's like, dude, was this dude at 50% the entire rest yeah. of this race? Yeah, yeah. That's what we were saying afterwards. Like, did he just wait the whole yeah. time? Sandbag like, is Give ass. this dude just like the falsest sense of security. Yeah. And then like with two corners to go and be like, gotcha, bitch. Gotcha. Just drive by later. Him. Like you had one, like a block underneath your gas yeah. pedal half the race. Yeah. Um, so that was fantastic finish to that race. I think overall, a great race. Great race. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and that was obviously Saturday, early day. That was noon. That was noon for yeah. that one. <laughs> the awesomeness that is Pocono after the truck race ends, we then load up, put our gear on and head to the media center. I still think this schedule was very strange. Yeah, but it was awesome. It was cool, but I just, it's weird when I, when I looked at the schedule, it was like the, it's truck race, then cup practice qualifying, then Xfinity race. Yeah. Like, so to recap our day so far, we wake up, pancakes and Arca breaks. Yep. Then we have the truck race. Now we're heading to the media center. Yes, Kyle has for been- 
cup and cup practice and qualifying. I was so excited for this because me and Norm got to experience like the Pocono Media Center in the garage area last year. This was all new for Kyle. So I was actually really excited for him to get to see it. Yeah, it was beautiful. They have a wonderful setup there yep. and they're very, very nice to us. They had food set up. Norm and I had tacos. There was no ice cream sandwiches. Can report. Yeah, no ice cream sandwiches. Um, did so you look hard for them though? Yes, I did. Okay. So we got some food. Um, we sat in the media center for a while. We got to watch a good amount of practice qualifying, went up and down pit road. Chop it up with the MRN yeah, guys. Yeah, the media center, I honestly, I f- it was a little different than Loudon because I feel like at New Hampshire, it was kind of like the main media center was in one group and then we were kind of off to the side where at Pocono, it's like everyone's just in one room. So we were sitting there shooting the shit. I forget they were a website or something. The guys right next to us. I forget they were mm. super nice guys. And then we're sitting there watching cup qualifying in the entire MRN lineup is behind us. Dave Moody, Steve Post and Bagley, I think were yep. literally sitting in the row behind us a foot away from us. And we were just, you know, shooting the shit with them a little bit here or there. We were talking shit with them. Yep. Yeah. We were, we were all trying to just one up each other and say something funny to see if they like mention it. Like, uh, like, uh, like, acknowledge us it it worked it worked a couple times we held a couple conversations with them it was super fun we were kind of like we chopped up like going back and forth during people's qualifying runs making fun of chase elliott for spinning out todd gillen for spinning out Uh, so it was super fun to make fun of that guy's hat with claire b lang yep yep that's right (laughs) she's awesome she's she's a spitfire yeah um and then a bunch of drivers start coming through uh we saw mcdowell brad dinger bowman whole mess of drivers um it was it was awesome. Yeah, Bowman was not happy that Hendrick did not allow his dogs on the plane. Yeah, we had a couple little side conversations later that evening that Rick Hendrick is uh, anti-dog, dog hair, dog hater, probably dog hair. Yes, yeah, doesn't want to vacuum it out. Um, and they gave us a really nice gift bag with some uh, popcorn in it. It was a Pocono Organic. So last year, because it was the I think we talked about it last year, but it was the final M and M's race. So we got like a box full of candy and shit. And the fan year, appreciation bag. Yeah. yeah. This year it was a uh, Pocono organics. We got like, yeah, it was some trail mix, mm-hmm. some popcorn, some chapstick, some, some weed, chapstick, weed, chapstick, some, yeah. And they, um, the muscle the relaxer muscle, cream stuff. Anyone yeah. try that yet? I've been meaning to try that. Muscle stick. I mean, I probably should. My legs are on fire. Still. Yeah. Same. Um, but yeah, that was, that was incredible. Got to do that. And then, uh, we head back and meet up with the rest of our crew and then walk back. Lots of walking. A lot of walking. Uh, yeah, we had that, that afternoon. We probably walked like 30 miles. I could probably I tell, tell you. you. Yeah, I yeah. can tell you too. The amount of walking we did at, at the back half of Saturday was insane. Yeah. Because we walked around. We walked the, at least the f- top half of pit road twice. We walked through the garage area to the media center, to the, to the uh, campsite, back to the track. It was Sa- insane. Saturday, I have almost 14,000 steps, six and a half miles. Yeah, that'll do it. Which doesn't even feel like that much. Oh, I didn't have my watch on. It felt like there was more, but apparently not. Friday did seven miles. Oh, Friday. Yeah, Friday. Friday, I did almost 17,000 and seven and a half miles. Yep. Yep. How'd you walk less on Saturday? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I didn't have my watch watch on yesterday. No, I had it on. The only time I had it off was from three in the morning to seven in the morning. (laughs) Look at (laughs) those are the hours I stood. (laughs) <laughs> yep that looks about right hey i'm proud of you yep so saturday is still not over because saturday night we have the xfinity race yeah we didn't get our golden hour arca race but it was replaced with a incredibly beautiful golden hour xfinity race yeah yep. xfinity race was fantastic so the whole squad saddles up we head to the stands and uh 
watch the race. Really cool spot we were in. We, we parked it right in front of one of the big screens across pit road. You know, got to see all the pretty much all of pit road could had a night had the screen in front of us. <laughs> so it was good for replays. And we could see now that they've torn down that building, the old um, victory lane, you can pretty much see everything. Yeah. We only really lost them in like the short shoot between two and three. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, was awesome. super good seats. And we were also, like you said, in front of a screen, but we were right in front of Josh Barry's pit box. Yep. Which was cool because he led like 98% of the race. Yep. So we got to watch the leader pit the entire time. We were past the start finish line. So we got to see that pretty good as well as turn one. Yep. A lot better than if we were at the start finish line. Yeah, it was phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. So the seats we were awesome. Spot. I Definitely. think it was Dan who was like, we should sit in front of the TV. And we're all just like, yeah, that's a really good idea. That was me. Well, Kyle was, like, we should, Kyle was like, we should go up here. And then I was like, look, a TV. And everyone's like, we should go up here. That's why yeah. I said why. Yeah. That's why I picked yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I don't think Kyle was even there, to be honest. And fair. I think, I think I came up with a TV idea. At this point yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. So Josh Berry leads the field to green and absolutely dominates first stage. He was the first lap. We were still, they, they took the green. We were still kind of getting in our seats. Or no, we were walking still. And mm-hmm. I think one of you guys had it on the radio. And you turn to me and you're yeah. like, it's been one lap and Josh is already out to like a second and a half lead. Yeah. Oh, before that, though, uh, something cool happened Friday afternoon. Um, qualifying for the Xfinity race. Junior Motorsports qualified first, seventh, eighth, and ninth. They're four car numbers, but they were all in the wrong number. Yeah. He's all, all, this. all yeah. jumbled up. Yeah. JRM posted it on Twitter. and I was like, that's kind of funny. Like, what are the chances like? you qualify in the position of all four of your cars, but not a single one is in the right position. Yeah. That's, I was like, that's that just is cool. interesting. That's, and also JRM, how bad they've been this year. It's nice that they yeah. all qualify in the top 10. Yeah. I mean, well, they couldn't finish yeah, that one off. They, yeah. Yeah. They shot themselves in the foot later, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big time. Anyway, uh, Josh Berry absolutely dominates the first stage, takes that home, followed by Daniel Hemrick, John Hunter, Sammy Smith, Sheldon Creed, Brandon Jones, Sam Mayer, Justin Allgaier, Connor Mosack, and Austin Hill your first stage. Uh, not a whole lot to write home about in the second stage either, aside from Jeffrey Earnhardt ended up losing a tire and had a hell of a time getting back to pit road. Yep. Lost a few pieces of his car. In Surprise, they didn't throw a caution for that. Yeah. There yeah. was a break. Was it a break duck? There was a break duck. Well, I mean, I mean him blowing the tire because he like spun on the backstretch. Yeah, he, he blew it on the long pond straight yeah. and it limped that thing all the way back around. Yeah. They let a lot of things go. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they were pretty uh, lax with a lot of stuff this weekend. Which is good. I mean, yeah, got as NASCAR much green flag in. Big time. We don't want to throw cautions to affect the race, but we're going to do that by not throwing cautions. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. But damned if you do, they, damned if you they don't. They did it both Saturday and Sunday. They yeah. were like, we're not going to throw a caution. Wait, we have to throw cautions. Like, oh, well, you should have done that when you decided not to throw it in the first place. Yeah. Josh Berry ultimately takes the second stage as well, followed by Justin Allgaier, John Hunter, Brandon Jones, and Cole Custer. Sammy Smith, Sam Mayer, Riley Herbst, Daniel Hemrick, Chandler Smith, your top 10 in stage two. Um, we, uh, Justin Allgaier ended up staying out at the end of that stage and leads the field to green alongside Daniel Suarez at lap 46. But we have a good stack up on that restart with uh, Cole Custer and John Hunter Nemechek ending up in the wall. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like John Hunter Nemechek was on the high side. I didn't get a good replay of this. I saw a quick one because our phone reception was so bad during the weekend, but it sounds like he got turned from the outside and kind of just hooked Cole Custer in front of the pack. What I saw after rewatching um, Parker Kligerman was in front of him. John Hunter tried to give a good shove to Parker Kligerman and Parker didn't go. Parker then came out, I guess later on that evening and said that when he gave him that shove, the car popped out of gear. 
So it was an absolute dog, which then got John Hunter out of shape and he went wiggly poo and takes Cole Custer with him. Similar to Brad Keselowski a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, we get to 55. Josh Berry gets back to the lead when Suarez finally pits. Uh, we get 69. Uh, Kaz Grala spins, but we do stay green there. Then we had an interesting one. At lap 80, Joey Gase is a bit off the pace and Allgaier just runs him over. Yeah, I th- he said that the sun was affecting his vision and he couldn't see him. I th- What we all speculated in the stands was he wanted to bump him out of the way and the sun affected how he didn't realize that he was going a lot faster than him. Yeah. And instead of just slightly moving him, he absolutely buried, buried him. him. Absolutely buried yeah. him. So this race was turning into a legit awesome fuel. Oh, we were so hyped. There were still two or three cars that hadn't pitted yet at this point. It was, I believe that we're like going to run out with like a hundred feet. So it was like Austin Hill. Oh, Riley Herbst, Riley Herbst, 98, the 21, 21. And and there was another one, one Brandon Jones, Brandon Jones. Yep. So they're like 25 seconds ahead of Josh Berry. Josh Berry's already made his last pit stop. He's going full bore. And they're the three of them are in max save mode, trying to limp it to the finish. And there was MRN came up with it. And TJ said it today, too, on uh, DBC that the, if the math had worked out, if that race went green, Josh was going to catch them with like a lap and a half to go. And it was going to be sick. Like yeah. we were so hyped. And then that caution came out and we were all like, no. Yeah. Lap 85 caution comes out for Connor Mosack getting into the wall on the tunnel turn bringing out the caution and forcing the overtime. Mm. What happened during the overtime norm? Oh, dude, don't point to me. There too much happened. I can't remember it all. All right. So Barry leads the field um, (sighs) and takes the, takes the green, obviously Austin Hill alongside him. Austin Hill takes the lead pretty quickly. But oh, I was going to say, so we don't watching, point at me and sorry, <laughs> watching from the stands, we all assume Barry just blew the first corner. He dives into one and skates up like three lanes. Yeah. One thing we couldn't see and didn't really realize I haven't gone again. I haven't gone back and watched it like you did. He got a hell of a push down the front stretch. So he probably entered one 10 miles an hour faster than yeah, had Austin Hill race. was giving him a solid push, probably too much of a push. Yeah. He sails it up a bit. Uh, intentional. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Austin Hill takes that lead away. Um, yeah, coming back around, Josh Berry is starting to reel him in a bit and going down the long pond straight, dives way down to get away from him, they obviously. Got, they got into each other and won. Berry right. dove in underneath him. They kind of almost reminiscent. They kiss. They, before Sunday happened, it looked like Sunday. They made a little bit of contact. Yep. It slowed both of them way down, and Sam Mayer dove to the bottom to get around the three of them, and Josh is already down there. Josh and Sam Mayer make contact on the long pond. And no, I think, Josh no, came no, up no, into uh, I'll, I'll do okay. it. Okay. So yes, they kiss coming off of one. They separate big time. Mm-hmm. Sam Mayer gets a really good run and Josh Berry completely misjudges where Sam Mayer is, tries to slide back up to get right behind Hill, probably to draft and try to get after him again. And Sam Mayer is already there. So Josh slides up and <gasps> doors. hits a ton on the side of the one car. One car keeps it. But Josh Berry ends up blowing a tire and ends up right into the fence. Went straight in turn two. Yep. Yep. And that completely ended his day. Allgaier also gets into the wall as well. Mm -hmm. So a late failure of both the seven and the eight ends up taking them out. Um, Austin Hill sails off into the sunset, taking the checkered flag. But Sam Mayer did hold off to finish second. One thing. So before that, real quick, I just want to point out this goes back to what I just said a minute ago with NASCAR 
manipulating the race with cautions. You're going to say what I said was going to say. Before that, coming off of turn three, we didn't see it because we're in the nope. grandstands and we were looking at the sun coming out of three. But for whatever reason, the tail panel of the seven car flies off and lands in the middle of the track. It's in the high groove yeah. on the straightaway against the wall. That should be an immediate caution. I don't care. Whatever your reasoning is, that's in the racing line. That's yeah. a giant piece of yeah, fiber. Not a small piece of debris. NASCAR chose not to throw a caution. So they would have the second the leaders got out of the tunnel turn either way, if there wasn't a wreck or not, mm -hmm. because NASCAR just waited until it was convenient for the leaders to throw the caution. Yeah. Which is super annoying. That that goes back to the consistency thing. We've yep. talked about a million times. Yep. The tire in the grass during pit stops, Chase Elliott's bumper flapping in the breeze. All these random cautions that NASCAR chooses when to and when not to throw them shouldn't happen. I don't care if we got the greatest finish in NASCAR history after that. Yeah. It's, there was a giant piece of car in the middle of the track. Why not throw the caution? I, I, so I, like Norm just said, echo what Norm said. We didn't see this. I had no idea this happened. I was looking at Twitter like later Saturday night and I saw people talking about debris and why didn't they throw the caution? I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? And then on the way home yesterday, I listened to the teardown and they basically explained it like what Norm just said. I was like, we missed that completely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how we didn't see it either. No. So Junior said NASCAR told them NBC before the race started, because the track is so big, we have the right to throw the caution when we feel fit because them running into this piece is two and a half miles later. It's going to take them a minute to get there. So we don't need to throw the caution right away. That being said, they sail it off into turn three. There isn't a wreck in the trial. We'll make believe situation. They sail it off to turn three. Josh Berry or Sam Mayer in the 21, whatever, are side by side in turn three. NASCAR still needs to throw the caution. Mm -hmm. And you just waited. And now we have two cars side by side that you cannot let race out of that corner. Yep. Because there's a bumper in the middle of the track on the end of that corner. Right. So NASCAR put themselves in a box that they are lucky that Josh Berry blew a tire and Justin Allgaier went in there and crashed into him or whatever happened that because NASCAR is lucky because a natural caution happened. But if that hadn't happened, NASCAR would have needed to choose when to throw the yellow and it could have been way worse. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, it, you're spot on. It could have been a situation where it's like there wasn't a defined leader at that point in time and NASCAR couldn't wait any longer. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so absolutely. It was just dumb. It's if if you're gonna choose to do that, it, it it needs to be instantaneous. I mean, imagine if we had a battle. Let's like you said, imagine if Barry doesn't go in the wall. Let's say Barry and Hill are side by side off two drag racing down the short shoot. And Mayor and, and Mayor was there, and we have to throw a caution. Like you could have had this great battle ruined by that caution that should have been thrown a minute <clears throat> and a half earlier. Right. Or you have an instance where they're doing that. They're side by side in NASCAR now can't throw a caution because we don't know who the leader is. Yeah. yeah. Or when, when's the time of caution? Are we go back to the last scoring loop and now they're putting a box where they're like, we need to throw a caution in the middle of this battle. Yeah. Because the debris over there, instead of just throwing it when the debris hit the track in the first place, yep. like they would at any other track. If that was lap 15 in stage one, they would have thrown the caution as soon right as they flew off the car. Yep. Yeah. So despite some, uh, some late race drama, I think overall a great race. Oh, I thought it was an awesome race. That was a fantastic time. Super yeah. good. But, oh dude, if that, if those late cautions hadn't happened and they got through the fuel run, dude, we would have got an amazing finish. That was yeah. setting up to be a really good finish. I was watching I, him run them down would have been incredible. I'm happy that we still got a good, pretty good finish, but we were all, like I said, I don't think I've ever felt disappointment between a 
collective group of people as when that caution came out. We all looked at each other and we're like, no, well, yeah. we were all in the grandstands and yeah. there was probably five of you guys with headsets on at the time and everyone's listening to a different team, listen to MRN, listen to NBC and we're all like, so-and-so says they got six laps left. Yeah. Well, so-and-so says they have six and a half laps left. And like, all right, well, Josh Berry's gone fresh tires. He's going to catch him in eight laps. Yeah, like, so cool. oh, they said Josh Berry's going to take at least 12 laps to catch him. So we're all sitting there Trying going back and forth. It, yeah. And it was super exciting. It was like the double header year with Kyle Busch in yes. the fourth gear and stuff like that. It was just a super fun conversation. And then Justin Allgaier seemingly wrecks the 35 on purpose. Um, and too small. To bring out a caution. Yeah, but. Two, two small side notes from the Xfinity race. Our camp made it on NBC. We weren't there. Yes. Yep. And uh, Allgaier's car was flawless. Yeah, that Reese's so car was so good. good. Yeah, that was sick. I don't love Justin Allgaier, but I may buy that diecast. It's such a sick. The car. Reese's one was sick. Yeah, that was. It was really like like the perfect ode to Kevin Harvick's like peak Reese's yes. twenty one cars yes. series, yeah. mm-hmm. which were just artwork back then, and it was just like. Oh, like that car looks delicious. Like it, it looks, good. Yeah. it looks good. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So Austin Hill takes checkered flag, followed by Sam Mayer, Chase Elliott, Riley Herbst, Daniel Hemrick, your top five, Sammy Smith, Brandon Jones, Brett Moffat, Parker Kligerman, and Daniel Suarez to wrap up your top 10 race is over. We head back to our campground and get a ridiculous fireworks display Dude. to end the night. Insanity. So we saw like, Part of the woods caught on fire. We had to take a break from the fireworks because there was an actual fire. And Pocono does fireworks incredibly, and we have the best seats in the house for it. I mean, they they light them off, what, 200 yards from us? Yeah, they do it right at the exit of turn one. But also, I don't know if they did it in three and four. There might have been some in three and four, yeah, but they also added the fire barrels all yeah. along turn so one. So we've talked about it on here the last two years. The first year we went, they did the fireworks and this giant fireball mushroom cloud things go off. Yeah, this this ode to Oppenheimer just goes off. And we all think that's a problem. And Cohan and everybody's like, no, that's normally do it every year. So that was like one or two that year. Did the same thing last year. There was a couple of them, nothing major. But then I think Joe Soul or somebody said it's a 55 gallon (sighs) drum of diesel fuel. Pretty much. It's napalm. So we're watching the fireworks. We see one set of fireworks go off really low, like a misfire. And then a couple minutes later, we see an actual fire in the woods. So the fireworks take a little bit of a break. We think they're over. We all start kind of milling around. Then they kick right back in again with this insane display. Finale goes off. We're all hooting and hollering and having a good time. And then another fireball goes off a bigger one. That one to like right to the to the right of the display, the first one. Yeah, we did not see that was coming. Fucking massive. Could feel so, the heat off of that. So one. that one goes off. And then in the middle of one and two, way the hell over there, another one goes off. And then what? Like an eight, array of like ten. An array of like eight of them in between those two points all go off at the same point. We are like almost in sequence, like one after the other, like boom, 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 yeah, boom, We boom. are losing our fucking minds. It was Awesome. It was incredible. Absolutely. Probably incredible. one of the coolest fireworks displays I've ever seen in my entire life. Top to bottom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Easily. Those we're, barrels are the best part. We're all fucking sitting there watching them and saying our favorite types of fireworks. And then when it happens, we all look at each other like, hey, there's yours. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was so good. Favorite firework. Dan, go. The twirly squiggly ones that whistle. Yeah. Kevin. Mm. I, um, Either the ones that are like just real big, 
wide explosions that you can the, feel through your chest. The oh, classic yeah. huge ones. Yeah, yeah just like or, classic mortar. Or the uh, the rain shower ones. The rain shower Oh, yeah, the sizzle. Well, or whatever the you call it. started, it sounded like someone was in the woods with an M16. It was, we're all like, oh, shit, the fireworks are going off. Yeah. Norm? Yeah, those are my favorite, like the, like almost like the sprinkler effect. Yes. Of just like a series of fireworks going off at once. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure that's what misfired in the woods and caught the woods on fire. Yeah, yeah we did have a wood fire. We were sitting that. there and it was like, we're all watching it and we see black smoke. And I think it was Joe Soul was like, that that doesn't look normal. And we all kind of shifted and we can see this fire in the woods. Like, yeah, and like three or four like fire trucks are zipping down the front yeah, of like, the uh-oh. turn one. No, like but people, you can see like little shadowy figures running down the down the track along the wall with fire extinguishers. Like, yeah. oh, that, that, that not part of the show, not planned. Jimmy yeah. lost a finger. All right, yeah. So that was sad. You? Uh, what about you? Oh, my favorite is the uh, the giant ones that like the willow ones. I that, love those that blow up and then just slowly droop down. Those ones. Are yeah, those are my probably my second favorite. There yeah. were no like big willow ones. There was a bunch there was of two. small ones. There were two good two at the ones. very end. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not those, as many as usual. Some of those, like Kevin said, the big classic mortar ones, there were some fucking huge ones that yeah. they lit off. I like how they kept, there was one that they, Dan noticed at first that <laughs> was definitely intended on being a smiley face when it explodes, but I don't think a single one went off how they intended. One did. One, one I saw one. But there was no one. smile. It was just like a flat. There was one like upside down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, good job guys. There was one that was sideways that someone was, I heard someone in our group was like, it's for Ross Chastain. It's a big watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was our that was our very eventful Saturday. I mean, and then Saturday night, we had a few people take off for the M80 concert that I heard was not good. Yeah, and I went to that. Uh, not as good as usual. Also, beers weren't hitting as hard as they normally do. That might have affected it. Probably. Um, but we had some fun. We went down there still. A little bike ride. Me and Ant locked a bunch of our bikes together. And we stood to the side as Nick and Just Bus had the time of their lives at... <laughs> one of the worst cover bands I've ever seen ever. <laughs> like they were, it, it's definitely like, it's a cover. They do covers of just genres. So it's like just hair metal, hair metal. Yeah. Which is like all great music. So you're just watching, you're up there and they're like, you're like, Oh, they're massacring my boy, dude. Yeah, like, they're they're butchering just like ruining poison. these great songs. And it's like the girl who's done it every year is super good. She's a great singer. But then, um, fuck, uh, what's his name? Tommy Lee's like, deranged brother who was up there <laughs> Jesus, was just dude just he had the look nothing else like yeah, the really? dude was trying so hard but it was just like you don't sound anything like you're supposed to sound uh, like, dude like so I, Bon Jovi's turning in their grave right now listening to you I mean he's I, not I, dead but yeah I saw pictures no, they were after they heard it <laughs> I saw I, I did see pictures and videos of that though that place was absolutely mobbed dude packed imagine if they got like a real band like some of the other tracks are getting i mean i know we're not going to get like a fucking miranda lambert or any of these bigger names oh, but like indie cars they had ed sheeran carrie I mean. underwood imagine if that turned into like almost a not to say the snake pitted indie because that's during the race but like that kind of atmosphere like got real actual artists to play it that'd be yeah. fucking insane i think they do it on purpose because they know it'd get out of control probably they're um, like we're gonna bring in a fairly shitty cover band. Yeah, a shitty cover band. And that way, only like a thousand people show up to this concert instead of 5,000 people. Yeah, I I did see, I told you guys I'm in that Facebook group. There was Sunday afternoon, there was a post asking what people thought about M80 and it was uh, incredibly negative. (laughs) Yeah, Pretty much everybody had the same thought we had of they've been good in years past and they were fucking terrible this year. Yeah. Um, But that was, so we kind of all split off. Like some people went there Kyle, myself, and a good group of people, we all just decided to hang out by the fire. 
Yep. Which was clutch. That was there you go. wonderful. Much better move. Sat and traded stories for hours on end. Oh my God. It was, we were up what till two in the morning. Just, just sitting just there telling stories, literally just sitting there talking, talking anything that came to to our minds. Yeah. Drunken yeah. stories, stupid car stories. It was the most chill Saturday night I've ever had at Pocono in the couple years we've been going. And it was awesome. Norm's just all in a china shop. But it was it, it was such a nice night just to hang out. We did not touch on that at all, but I don't know who prayed to whatever God, but the perfect weather all weekend. Oh, outside of fantastic. Outside Past of the Thursday small Friday. Yeah, outside of the small hurricane on Thursday night. I mean, it was 75 and sunny and windy and breezy during the day and 50 degrees and like comfortable at night. Yeah. Awesome. Aside from Kevin almost blowing away the first night. <laughs> so <laughs> that was we're a time <laughs> we're we're look me and me and Cohan and um tobaro are kind of weather nerds so we're all watching it and there's all these warnings about how it's going to be super windy and someone asked kevin now kevin's tent is an easy up with a tent inside of it solid move great move thanks thanks to Norm and then someone not goes, aerodynamic though no not someone goes, like kevin, kevin is your tent staked down and he's like well We'll be sleeping inside it. We'll be okay. And my mind instantly goes to you and your lovely wife just <laughs> floating away because neither of you are very large people. Opening scene of the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, like <laughs> Kevin wakes up in Oz Friday morning. If not, no, I'm just next to the showers. That's if it. like, <laughs> no, I'm sure walk easy access. If me and Norm were in there, it probably wouldn't go anywhere. But you guys are both pretty small. I think you would have taken off. So Kevin found some stakes and put the goddamn stakes. Well, in. no. So what I did was I staked the tarp down. Be, but because of the way, so the easy up is a 10 by 10. I couldn't find a 10 by 10 tarp. So the tarp was a 10 by 12. Uh, so I had some space that like, it just wasn't going to fit unless I like poked holes through the tarp to make it like actually line yep. up properly. Kevin, I'm going to throw a crazy idea at you. Fold the tarp. Could <laughs> have. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we're, our, we're already home, so that's definite Tuesday quarterback. Yeah, that's Tuesday morning quarterback and the shit out of that one. Um, Mind blown. But so I just I, I just staked the corners of this tarp down. I didn't even stake the tent down. Tarp's, tarp's still there, Kevin's gone. Kevin's gone. Yeah. He tells me he's he tells me it's not staked down, and all I see is this easy up, and the tent doesn't like go all the way to the sides of the easy up. That thing's a wind tunnel parachute. I'm like, he's he's gone. That's, well, and that was the main concern, right? That's why you guys took your tarp, your cover off of your easy up oh, yeah. before, because you were like, we don't want this thing blowing off. So I'm laying in my tent while you guys are all outside talking about that, having a fucking panic attack <laughs> the entire I'm time. Because I'm, I'm just die, like, die. I really don't want the fucking roof of this thing to just like rip off because how the easy up tent works is you clip. There's not a single pole to the thing. You just unfold the easy up and then you clip it to the inside yep. of the top of the canopy. So the top of the canopy that you took off is my rain fly. So if that thing goes, I'm fucking soaked. <laughs> right. You, you have I'm a drowning. roof, but it's mesh, right? It's completely mesh. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to drown while you're flying away. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, the water will weigh them down at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was his mattress will be floating, but oh, so we, waking up at two in the morning to that, like, cause that's what I kind of figured watching the radar myself in my panic attack. I was like, I just got to look and see what this is. Actually it was like two thirty three like, was when it was supposed to get. Yeah. To it was us. when it was going to start getting crazy. And I knew like I saw the big line of red and yellow coming across the radar. I'm like, all right, as long as I get through like the first hour, I'm going to be good. <laughs> Like as long as yeah, the radar looked like our new Lucis Fast T-shirts. Was yeah, it's like I'm in danger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really like honestly, the worst uh, 
probably the worst weather I've ever tented in as far as like staying there. The only time that I would probably have a worse experience is when I had similar rain when I was in Boy Scouts and it was on the morning that we were packing to leave. Oof. Right. So everything's wet. Everybody's got to take a tent home. It's just a mess. Yeah. We got Thankfully, it was Thursday. It was first day. So it was just yeah, get the rain was, done. And that was it. That yeah. night, that was the night that I went and uh, laid down to talk to Steph for a second and, and then it. woke up at three o'clock in the morning to the rain because yeah. I left the door open. The door was wide open. And it, those have like the friction hinges. They're supposed to. I mean, it takes some wind to move them. Not a lot, but I woke up and the door that was wide open is now like almost closed. I'm like, I think the wind's here, so I get up, yeah. and slam the door closed. I was like, Oh no! Um, yeah, so awesome Saturday. Had a great, uh, great day. And then Sunday, obviously, to wrap this all up is the cup race. Yeah. Uh, fairly low key morning. Didn't do a whole lot. We lounged right, around, was, had some breakfast. That was our lazy day. Yes, yeah. Sunday for sure. Norman, I had our uh, our ice cream date. Yep. He keeps saying it's not a date, though. It's well, you know, he's playing hard to get. He didn't buy my ice cream, so I'm not counting it as a date. Ooh. Mm. He didn't buy mine first. He ordered first and was just selfish. I bought his ice I cream was two gonna, years ago. But Kyle was getting gelati with vanilla and ice cream or um, ice pop in it or whatever. I was like, that sounds expensive, dude. I, it was one I more dollar. Money, than I need his. money for my merch. That, after this. that morning, uh, Steph and I tried to go meet Alex Bowman, but. So Pocono has a dog park in the middle of the infield. And there was a appearance by Bowman. If you didn't watch the race, he was running the, uh, what the hell is it? Best friend, the best friend scheme with the paw prints and the dog, you know, the dog rescue scheme. Yep. So they had put a show car out there by the dog park and we didn't know, like it just said he was going to be there. So we're like, eh, let's go over there. Puppies are all energetic. Let's go let them run around the dog park. And you know, in our head, we're like, oh, baby, it's Alex Bowman. Like going to come to the dog park and like hang out with dogs. We get there. There's 800 people in line by the show car because apparently he was taking pictures at the show car with people. Yep. So I he would have much rather been playing with yeah, dogs. Me instead. and Steph yeah. realized it that we are in the background of pretty much everybody's pictures because we're in the dog park right behind the car. I'm like throwing a ball for Rocco. We're hanging out with the other people there with their dogs, and it's going on right over our shoulder. So we are in the background of pretty much every picture taken at that show car that yeah, morning. That's pretty good. But this, this is also when Norm and I find the prize of the weekend i got mine for you first go ahead so we we're making our way back from the dog park we swing into the fan zone i hadn't really hit those tents yet so i did a quick breeze through the day before kyle kyle has been he's very well documented on this podcast that he just likes simple nascar merch and he mentioned this weekend over the weekend that he wanted a simple nascar flag we were walking i think it was when we were going to media center on mm-hmm. saturday yeah we passed a camper with, it's like a, it's a, it's just got the NASCAR logo on it, but it's got like, it's all red, white, and blue, very America. Yeah. It's like a distorted flag on it. Yeah. Like it looked really cool. And then throughout the weekend, we kept seeing more, like there would be one with Chase Elliott's number on it and a Denny Hamlin one and a Kyle Larson one. So Kyle was like, I got to find that NASCAR one. That one's cool as hell. So I go walking, I'm hanging, we're walking around in the, the tent and I look up and I see the Chase Elliott one. The guy's got a wall of flags. I see the Chase Elliott one and I'm like, oh, I wonder. So I'm looking around. I see, I think that the Larson one and I look over and there she is. The NASCAR one. It's, yeah. it's the only one on the peg. And I was like, I have to grab it for him. So Kyle got himself his flag. He needed. I'm so excited. There it's a go. very cool flag. It's very like bar stooly, like yeah. Saturdays there for the boys type of flag. It's like I said, like a distorted flag, but it's a mostly white. Yes. Um, like the actual flag. It's a distorted American flag on it with a red, white, and blue NASCAR logo in the middle. 
Very sick looking flag. I would like hang that up in my house. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going like, to. It's just a yeah, super just, good looking flag. So you're going to put it in the office, right? The yeah. fact that you found one is sick because I'm sure those sold out quick. Well, it was just yeah. funny because like the, last we, one. the day before we were talking about, it, I don't know if that's a new thing or if it was a thing offered a couple of years ago, but looks new. I walked in it. Well, no, it's like, I mean the design, it might yeah, yeah. be something you can go on nascar.com and buy right now. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean, yeah. so was to it find officially it, licensed? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. it is. I thought it was some like knockoff. No, thing. no officially licensed. Okay. Uh, and then when Norm and I are grabbing our ice cream, uh, we are fishing through another one of the gypsy tents with some of the old stuff in there. And Norm picks up the Jeff Gordon uh, phone. So it's an old corded house phone, but it's shaped like the 24 car. I believe it was the flame car. It was. Oh, so you had the flame one? Okay. I believe it was the flame one. I could be wrong. I didn't look at it that hard. I'm not a huge Jeff Gordon fan, but I picked it up and looked at it. No, it was the Rainbow Warrior car. So I picked up and looked at it and went, oh, that's cool. It's a cool old phone. I like, oh my God, like nostalgia. And underneath I saw red and I was like, oh, if that's a Dale Jr. phone, that's going to be cool. And I go to pick it up and I realized the box is twice as big. I was like, why is it so big? And I pick it up and it's a Terry Labonte five Kellogg hauler phone. The cornflakes car. Yeah. My, so my favorite car. It's the most like legendary Terry Labonte paint scheme of all time, but it's the tractor trailer truck for whatever the heck reason. Yeah. But the phone is half of the trailer. The top half of the tractor trailer lifts off and is a corded telephone, which is insane. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, like out of anybody, Dan would probably be the last person to have a house phone line because his house is old. And like, well, it's no. probably hooked up for it. So I was like, you never know. What do you think? I have a fucking telegraph machine in the basement. Like the house is from the seventies. They had phone back then. Yeah. yeah I, thought, I thought the house code. was way older than that. No, the house was built in 76, oh, okay. but either way, but I, also, I was like, I also don't have a house phone because Dan could tape the end of the cord to the wall yeah. and it would still be cool. That's what Things I'm going to do. Sick. But I saw it and I was like counting my pennies at this point because I was blowing all my cash on gypsy tents as it was <laughs> and i was like i knew the sam bass stuff was on the other side of this tent so i was like budgeting for that because i was like I, I need to get that stuff at the end of this day and i was like i looked at it and kyle's like how much is it i was like it's 10 bucks he goes say less <laughs> <laughs> like dan needs Got that it. so they come strolling back to the camper. No, me hold on before that before we get to the camper normal almost kills me <laughs> Oh, I didn't we're riding, this. we're riding our bikes back. Norm's knee. Norm's got the bag with the phone and the Sam Bass print gingerly put on his handlebars. So he doesn't wreck either one of them. And he's pedaling along, smashes his knee into the phone box, takes a hard left, cuts across my nose. <laughs> I slam on the wrong brake. The front brake? <laughs> yeah. And oh, then no. hop off the bike and run my feet <laughs> just try to slow down. Well, yeah. I, was, I, made, I made the save of my life. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't crash somehow. Yeah. But no yeah, one was I, killed. I had me. it hanging on my left handlebar because my brakes on the right. And it somehow like I think I stood up. So it moved a little bit in the box perfectly locked between my left knee and the handlebar. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. So I like panicked and like flicked the bike to like unlock it. And like went right into Kyle and I'm just paying attention to the fact that I didn't just die. You almost died. And I look yeah. behind me and Kyle is just freaking yard sale. left and right yarring on the freaking handlebars <laughs> well, trying not to die. And me and Dan weren't convinced Kyle yeah. how to ride a bike I was gonna say, that weekend. Was, that was another story. So we were loading the bikes up Thursday when we we're getting ready to leave. And Kyle has been very nonchalant about trying to get a bike. So Norm goes, I'm honestly convinced that he doesn't know how to ride a bike. And he just doesn't want to say it. So we made, before we left my house, we made Kyle ride the bike. And we're like, all right, he's good. Yeah, these two idiots go. Really? They put the bike, 
like right next to the camper by itself, right in the middle. Like it's like I'm a two year old. Like, here you go. Here's your new bike. And we're just watching him. They're both standing together about 20 feet away, clearly thinking that I'm going to kill them or run them over. Or kill like, yourself. Norm's we like, just want to stay away from you on the bike. Yeah, exactly. Didn't yeah. I didn't know what they were setting up for because they were terrified I couldn't ride a bike. And Norm's like, Kyle, that one's for you. Uh, hop on, give it a ride. I'm like, okay. So and then I, we, I hop on, just pedal the bike around. And they both just go, oh yeah, he can. He can. I'm like, I'm like, why am I not in on this conversation? What is going on right now? Like, well, we didn't think you could ride a bike. You told us multiple times your parents didn't let you have fun when you were a kid. Yeah. So we and just assumed. The, all week, me and Dan are like, Dan's like, I don't know if I'm going to bring my bike, so I'm going to get cheap bikes. And Kyle's like, I found this Razor scooter. Oh, I found this. Yeah, none oh, of them I are can, bikes. I can bring this. I'm like, Kyle, bicycles. Like, we're looking for bicycles. And he's like, oh, well, it, what about this go-kart or something <laughs> like that? And we're like, like, okay. And I get to Dan's house and he loads my bike into his truck and he grabs the bike I brought for Kyle. And I was like, Dan, hold off on that. He goes, why? I was like, because... <laughs> I don't know if Kyle actually knows how to ride a bike. Dan's like, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> he, so said I was like, he said it and I was like, dude, I was, I had the same thought in my mind all so week. So I was like, leave this out. And when Kyle gets here, we're just kind of like, like point at it. Yeah. See, see what he does. <laughs> see what you get for fishing. <laughs> oh, like, so Kyle so gets there like five minutes after me. He gets out of the truck and I was like, Kyle, there's your bike. See and if it like, fits. Like, we were like, see if it like, fits you. Like pointed at it. And he's like, okay. We're like, try it out. <laughs> Like thinking there's gonna be like an airbag under the seat or something like that. Me and Dan are just sitting there like, does he actually like? Is he just gonna like tip over? Yeah. Any training wheels? It was so good. Yeah, and I'm like Kyle's just looking at us like, what the fuck is wrong okay. with you? Okay, and like I see him like throw one leg over, and I was like, he knows how to get on it. <laughs> oh, this is a good start. All right, step one. Surprised he didn't just tandem bike around with. Josh I was waiting for him to like. Pedaling. I was waiting for him to put like both feet on the pedals and just tip over. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, we were dying. I can ride just fine. Don't worry. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys, you talked about it, but there's an episode in the final season of Ted Lasso where one of the main characters like reveals that he never learned how to ride a bike. And it's like the funniest sequence ever is teaching, That's what you're hoping teaching for. a grown up how to ride a bike. And I was going to do with Kyle, I'm like, if anyone's seen Ted Lasso, you'd know for granddad. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was hoping I was like that was gonna be the Bonnie. So then the, of the best weekend. back to Pocono. These two come back from the their little ice cream date March tent adventure. I'm like standing in the door because I hear them get back, and Kyle has the biggest shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> yeah. It's like I got you a present. <laughs> <laughs> and we open the box. It is still new old stock wrapped in plastic. That thing has never seen an earlobe. No, it's probably never seen daylight. No, no it definitely hasn't because no. the color on it, perfect. It's really? so Kyle was yeah. definitely yeah. more excited to give it to Dan than I was because I was like, this could go one of two ways. Either Dan's gonna be like, that's the sickest thing I've ever seen, or like, what the fuck am I gonna do with a house phone? Um, <laughs> I had both of those thoughts at the same time were running through my head. But, but then I you had care. the greatest idea of all time, which is Make find, it. find somebody who's much smarter than us to turn it into some sort of air ride thing for your car. The problem is that thing takes up half the it's interior huge. on a cabrio. It would, be, it would so. be better if it was an actual car. Yeah. So you maybe have we'll to take out the entire center color. Yeah. Like most of, yeah. I most would. Of or just like prop it up on the center of the dashboard. So you just can't see out the windshield. Yeah. 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 Take the back half of your console out. You're fine. Just probably, put it on the it's a Volkswagen. The armrest is probably broken. Just replace the armrest no, arm with rest. Terry Labonte car. Armrest works fine. <laughs> he puts oh, his arm on it, just bags the car. The ones that break. Yeah. No, that it airs was, out when you lean on it too was, hard. That was the find of the weekend. <laughs> Definitely. Um, all right, let's recap the race and uh, and then answer some questions, shall we? Sure. All right, Early. so the cup race itself. Uh, we had a couple spins in qualifying. Uh, Todd Gillen went for a ride. Chase Elliott went for a ride. Bob Wallace kissed the wall. 
So rough qualifying. Yeah, we didn't see the Bubba Wallace one. That was racing in the final top 10. So in the qualifying, they do the two two groups and the top five from each group battles again for the top 10. So Bubba Wallace made it to the top 10, but proceeds to hit the wall. And we had already left at that point, And all we heard was they didn't post the lap. So we assumed he hit the wall a ton. Yep. Turns out they kissed it. Um, small callback to qualifying the media center. I've never felt a sense of unity like I have in the media center when Corey LaJoy was hanging into the top five as long as he was. Oh, yeah. Everybody in the media center was like doing the math, like every car that goes out, like, all right, that, that person's Harvick's going to make the top five, but he's still slower than Corey. Corey's still in. And like everybody <clears throat> in there was like kind of silently, not so silently rooting for Corey to make the top 10. Yeah. And then they come back from, I think it was the chase spin. And there's only two cars left and it's Reddick and Byron, two of the fastest cars in practice. And everyone's like, and Corey's in what? Fourth. Fifth, fifth he was, time, in, he was on the bubble. And everyone's like, it. Oh no. But which, we ended up starting 12th. Yeah. So which that's, pretty solid. that's another thing that annoys me about the group qualifying is it's so unnecessary, but also I'm pretty sure Corey had the 10th fastest time. Yes. And still was knocked out of the top 10 because his group had two faster cars. Yeah. I, yeah. I just yeah. go, if you're going to run them one at a time, just go back to, one through 38, whatever. Yeah. yeah. We're to get over the group crap. Yeah. Agreed completely. Um, but ultimately, uh, well, William Byron led the field of green, right? Yes, yeah. Sir. Will he be? Led the yeah, field somehow, green. like we said, we didn't see the second half of qualifying, but he out qualified all the Toyotas that seemed like they're going to be untouchable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we, we start green flag race and we only make it five laps in when JJ Yaley goes for a spin, bringing out a caution. We get a couple laps later. Corey LaJoy gets into the wall from 12th at lap 12 right Super in front of us disappointing. there. Yep. Yep. Just great. He nudged it, but it was enough that he had to come down pit road. Yep. But we get to the end of the first stage. Joey Logano takes the first stage, followed by Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Tyler Reddick, AJ Allmendinger, Michael McDowell, Bubba Wallace, Justin Haley, Chris Buescher, and Eric Jones. We see a little bit of a different lineup on that top 10 because a lot of people had short pitted that Correct. stage. Uh, that wasn't necessarily the people that were running up front during that <laughs> first stage. But we get back to green flag racing for stage two at lap 36. William Byron leading the field to green alongside Kyle Larson. Um, Martin Truex was 13th, the first with fresh tires. Um, we don't make it through turn one when Joey Logano gets spun on that restart and him and Suarez get spun in the mix up there and Logano hits the wall a pretty good amount as well as Daniel Suarez. Suarez hit it even harder. Yeah. yeah. And then we have the Joey Logano incident. Jesus. That was a good time. What happens when the mic, when you don't know the mics are on? Joey, mics are hot. Mics are hot. <laughs> mics are hot. Yeah. He said something along the lines of, ah, oh, frick guys, get my car hooked up. Yeah. Frickety frick, frickety frick. Frick frack, hook yeah. the freaking car up. This is most racing. egregious f bombs from oh Joey Logano. Right in one fell sequence. It was one sentence with more. If there was a beat button, you wouldn't have heard words. So if you haven't heard it, go go hunt it down. I retweeted uh, it on okay. our page. Check our page out. Joey Logano goes bananas. So he absolutely loses his mind. He's stuck on the track with flat tires, which we still have this problem a year and a half after the next gen car. Why I don't know. Whatever. I digress. He's stuck on the track with four, with flat tires. The tow truck drivers are looking like they're going to push him around. And he's like, that's impossible. I'm on the rub, the rub blocks, whatever. Not the fuck to mention he's at the top of the most banked corner on the track yeah. facing the wrong direction. 
you're going to push him straight down the hill and destroy his yeah. car once it hits the apron. So he's, this is not on the radio, but this is on the NASCAR app in-car cameras that all the cars have picked this up. And it's Joey screaming at these tow truck drivers when he's, it was hooked, hook, the hook fuck, it up, hook it the fuck up, hook it up, hook it up, hook the car up. You fuck, fuck, son of a bitch. You stupid son of a bitch. Like hey, you jackasses. And then the guy like sticks his head in the window and he's like, yeah, we're going to push it. And he's like, it's on fucking flat tires. Hook it up, hook it up, I hook it up. I need a fucking tow truck. Like, like lose it. Like, yeah. Uh, like an absolute tirade because he doesn't want to, he's already losing time. Yeah. He's trying to lose as little time as possible. And it's a long and way around. Long, and he, yeah, he made it 500 feet past pit entrance. He has to go all the way around. Yeah. And uh, it just solidifies everything. We said that there's two different Joey's. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we <clears> all <throat> know that when Joey puts the helmet on, it's a different Joey. I think this is one of the first times that we've really seen the and man, heard it. The man behind the mask. Yeah. Like the, I would hate to see Joey at like a PTA meeting. I'm not at all surprised. No, I love no, it. No. And he knows he's not necessarily mic'd up he's not saying that over the radio like he doesn't expect an audience to see it yeah. it just so happens his car was shut off so it was dead quiet so we could actually hear his voice but it was funny it was a uh, sparky one of our listeners yep he re he shared it on twitter like his his screen grab of him recording it which got like i saw it a million views the last time I looked at it. Yeah, and he didn't tag higher. us in it, but he tagged us in it later and we got a few I followers mean, off of it, so it's all good. No reason for him to, to tag us in it. I mean, he doesn't need to tag us. It's not our media, but I mean, it would have been helpful. But well, he, he did, did tag us after. He replied and said this was found because he didn't, it's actually not his screen recording. I think it was uh, Sanchez. I think somebody okay. somebody recorded it, posted that in our Discord, and then Sparky posted it on Twitter. So someone in Twitter, I think it was Sanchez, was like, you should have sent that to Dan. He could have posted it from the show's account. And I, I don't remember. I think Justin was like, our service sucks here. It probably wouldn't have gone through. Yeah, it would have been like the ha second half of the third stage. And it would have finally loaded yeah. in like eight bit. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. he did tag us after we got a solid bunch of followers. And I mean, did you see the discord blow up last night with all the new people joining? Yeah. Sorry in advance. Yeah, it was cool. Welcome to shit show. But they also, I feel like hooked Joey's car up the wrong way. Dude, they were destroying the thing. They they. Picked it up, obviously. It's from the face, rear, right? It's facing the wrong way on the track. So they grabbed it from the rear to pull it. But when you do that, you're going to drag the front end on the ground, and the splitter is the most sensitive part of the car. So they proceeded to drag his splitter halfway down between one and two, and then they lowered the back of the car down again a couple inches to get the splitter a little bit off the ground, but then still dragged it the yeah. entire length of pit road. And it did too much damage. He had suspension damage from when he hit the wall. The splitter is ripped in half <laughs> at this point. He never made damage vehicle policy after that. Well, the other problem is there was a, this set off that line of like three cautions in a row and he couldn't make a lap. They said it on MRN. They're like, he basically has to meet minimum speed on this next green flag lap if we make it or. Yeah. Uh, I watched him go by at least three times and he was dead oh, he was slow. Dog shit slow. Yeah. 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 He ended up getting black flagged and that ended his day. Um, like Dan said, there was a string of cautions after that trying to restart. We had uh See Belf go for a spin. I'm sorry. Um, the first one was Austin Dillon went for a spin. Oh, yep. Larson went for a spin. A uh, little bit of a mess there. But we did ultimately get back to green flag racing. And just before the stage ends, Kyle Larson planning to pit. But Christopher Bell spins. Larson deviates from that Yeet. plan. <laughs> but ultimately sails off to win stage number two. Which was sketchy because that was the... He was pretty close. That to was... Everyone that had point. like short pitted, but like... Bowman was one of the first teams to do it and stuff like that pit halfway through the stage. And it was getting 
like really strung out, but it was the order was all mixed up all from jumbled. the order everyone pitted. But Larson had no fuel and he had to pit three or four laps before the stage ended and the yep. caution came out just as he was entering pit road. Mm-hmm. So they were like, all right, that's the stage end. Will he but make Larson it? still needed to go three laps under yellow now with no fuel in the car. Yeah. yeah. You see him sloshing that oh, thing yeah. around as much as he possibly could. But he got the checkered, uh, followed by Ty Dillon, William Byron, Denny Hamlin, and Alex Bowman, Tyler Reddick, Ty Gibbs, Ryan Blaney, Bubba Wallace, and Martin Truex Jr., your top 10 points getters in stage number two. Um, all right. Then we get to 106. When Mr. Austin Dillon gets into the wall, Harden turn number one. Massive hit. That was scary. Yeah. He hit that thing so a ton. It, it happened right in front of us. And I mean, it got to the point where we all stood up and I like walked to get a better vantage point because we wanted to make sure he got out of the car. Yeah. That's how hard he hit. So I'm sitting there watching him. He gets out of the car and I yelled to those guys. I'm like, all right, he's out. He's out. And then I kind of looked away and I look back. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's good. He's walking to the truck. No, he's not. He's not walking to the truck. Yep. And then we all stood up because we knew what was coming. And we're all screaming, helmet toss, helmet toss. Yeah. <laughs> we're losing our minds. And he throws the helmet. Do you Ooh. know who else was screaming helmet toss? Tyler Reddick's spotter because Tyler Reddick got as far away from the bottom of the track yeah, as he, he did. could. Yep. Poor Eric Jones happened. was like, what are, you, what are we doing here? And he missed. Whiffed. Yep. I like, mean, in his defense, you're throwing a helmet 40 feet up an embankment. Yeah. At a car moving 60, 70 miles oh, yeah, an hour. So it was just, a strong throw. Like yeah, easy. It had some good so momentum on it. He got a good bounce, but it missed the back of the car by like an inch. Imagine I, if that hit the wing, it could have damaged the wing. I saw so, so many off. people being like, oh, how do you one hop it in there? And I'm like, dude, you're throwing it up like a story. Yeah. Like, and I think he threw it the wrong way. I think he grabbed it around the mouthpiece and yeah. tried to throw. That's a hard judgment on one to release that. Yeah. Because you're holding on to it. You need to like cup it like a like a ball and, and like kind of throw it overhand rather than grip it and rip it. Yeah, like yeah. shot put almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. He tried but, to throw it like holding so, on to it, and that's that's a hard release. Kyle and I had a conversation. Well, tried to have a conversation about this on the roof, but can somebody just take Richard Childress's radio away? Yeah. So Austin, not, you're not helping. Austin Dillon is convinced that Tyler Reddick took him out. That Tyler came up the track and hit him. He said so in his post-race, even after seeing a replay, saying that he has to start taking people out and blah, 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 blah. Right after it happened, before the helmet toss, I switched to Dylan's radio because I wanted to hear if he said anything because I switched it and they're like, hey, you okay? You okay? And there it is. There's old grandpa on the radio. Oh, that little frick just wrecked us. Like, dude, you're, you're not helping. You're no, you're making literally scene. making it worse. Yeah. And if you watch the replay, Tyler Reddick, what was he supposed to do? He held his line and Dylan just drove across his nose. Yeah. He arced I mean, that, that corner. Reddick made like a no win move. It was a low percentage was, move. Yeah, yeah. It was still Austin Dylan still entered. Like there was no car. Inside. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I heard junior break it down a little bit and stuff like that. Like Tyler Reddick dove three wide on the inside. It probably wasn't going to work out. He was probably going to have to let off early, but either way, he was inside on the straightaway before the turn even happened. And Austin Dillon arced it in like there was no one there, but also arced it in like really early yeah. to try to block him, thinking he probably was a nose ahead or um, like a bumper ahead rather than like halfway ahead of him and entered the block. And that's when he turned himself off of Reddick's bumper. I mean, it was, there was going to be no winners in that situation no matter what, but I mean, Reddick was there. So you have to treat it like car inside no matter what. Yeah. But yeah, Austin Dillon 
that hit, we watched a couple of replays of it after. I mean, it blew the side window out of the car. That yep. car was mangled. Yeah, that was that was an ugly hit. Yeah. We make it a handful of laps after that. We get to 143, and Chase Briscoe gets wrecked from 30th, bringing out a caution after Ty Dillon gets into him. Seemingly intentional. Lot, lots of beef out of this race. Big beef in the mountains. Yep. Yeah, turn one specifically on these restarts was there was a point in the race where we were watching and I was like, can they just stop fucking wrecking? Like mm-hmm. it was every restart. Somebody was getting, was getting to be a point. Yeah. And I think the Briscoe one was out of three, so it wasn't necessarily in one, but it was um, there was a lot more action at this track than I feel like we've seen in the past. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we get to 149 and we have Bowman go for a spin uh, who was in third at the time, bringing out a caution as Gan. <sighs> Some bull ass shit, dude. So uh, on that one, he technically self spun, but I think the eleven packed a bunch of air on him and just got him loose out of three. I mean, it's a spot that we don't really see a lot of spins at by yourself. I mean, we saw some in qualifying last year, specifically Kurt Busch, but that's qualifying. That is your hottest lap of the weekend. Um, I don't see Bowman spinning by himself without the help of the eleven, but that was one of the other ones. Denny Hamlin had to kind of push away the blame for yeah. after the race. I mean, Hamlin didn't touch him, but he knew what he was doing. Yeah. yeah. You pack enough air there. You're yeah, gonna you go get around. an inch yeah. off of somebody's bumper in the middle of a corner. You know what's going to happen yeah. to him. Yeah. Now, yeah, do I think it, he wanted him to spin? Probably not. He was probably just trying to bump and run without the bump. Mm-hmm. But it was just super disappointing. The Briscoe incident happened after, um, I believe that was quite a long run before that. Correct. Briscoe yeah. one. And it, it was once again, shaping up to be a really good finish to the race. And then we had a string of cautions after that. And then Bowman got turned and we all know Bowman needed a lot of help in points. So that was gonna be a good weekend for him. But also I'd picked him for my race pick of the week. And I really wanted to win that as well. So really disappointing. Definitely. Um, all right. We get to 154. Larson leads the field to green on the outside alongside Martin Truex Jr. Um, and unfortunately, Justin Haley ends up wrecked in turn two. I still do not think there's a good replay of this. Somehow. I haven't seen it once. I haven't seen it. No, I think it was Sparky was sharing on the discord. Like he was kind of like up in arms. Like, I think the 16 right hooked him on purpose. And, but there is like no replay of it anywhere. So I'm kind of curious. And he got wrecked, like going into two. Interesting. There's not even like recap on that. in like, yeah, the, there, the highlights it, from it Fox got zero attention anywhere. Yeah. So that was one of those weird ones. And this is also hooked. when we saw them going three wide through the tunnel. That was yeah. nuts. Which was crazy. That was we had, we could in the just, yeah, we could just see it standing on top of your camper. Yeah. I'm like, there's still three wide. There's still three well, wide. Yeah, they Harvick shot the middle. They came off the corner three wide and we were all losing it. We didn't expect that to last the whole way down the straightaway. We could see, I mean, you're what? Three quarters of a mile away at that point. Yeah, but you can see just enough to see three shapes still next to each other going through two, which is ballsy, wild, ballsy. They made the impossible possible. You never see three wide at Pocono. Yeah. We saw it quite a few times, yep. mm-hmm. uh, but that obviously brings out another caution. And then we have the final restart. Norm, the great incident. What so this was this was the restart before the Justin Haley wreck, I think, is what you're talking about. No, final restart. No, the final restart was after the yeah, you incident just, between there, you just Hamlin didn't, and... You didn't give us a caution there. Yeah. You were just... That was your three-wide incident. Yeah, I said caution came out after Justin Haley wrecked. Yeah, so before Justin Haley wrecked is when the Larson-Hamlin incident yes. happened. Which oh, is, yeah. Which is why there was three-wide. 
So by the sounds of it, Larson was leading. Yep. Truex, who was technically second, chose behind Larson because the inside hadn't been working all race. Mm -hmm. So Truex was going to follow Larson through the corner, get a bigger push, give him a big push, and try to pass him. Hamlin, who had been third, hadn't been battling for the lead at all up until this point, started on the inside. Larson leads them to the green, takes the green, but doesn't get a huge push from the 19. So he's kind of a sitting duck in the middle of one and two. Doesn't have the push, doesn't have the speed that they typically would going into that because Truex didn't really help him out too much. So Hamlin gets a fender on the inside of Larson, which we had seen all day, but it wasn't anything groundbreaking. But what we hadn't seen all day is that car on the inside acting like there wasn't a car on the outside. Hamlin pretty much, as soon as he got inside of Larson, gassed it up like Larson wasn't there and pushed him all the way up the hill, inevitably hitting Larson just enough, didn't slam him, wasn't egregious by any means, didn't just ride him up into the wall, but hit him just enough. Squeezed him. That mm-hmm. it, Larson was no longer able to drive his car. Yep. He hit him just enough that Larson's car went straight. Larson let off the gas and everything, which is what Hamlin said you should have done in that situation. You should have lifted. Larson did. lifted. You can There's SMT to back it up. Larson lifted, but because Denny Hamlin hit him, Larson went soaring into the outside wall, probably bent a whole bunch of shit. And that's what all the drama is about. Mm-hmm. Was Hamlin in the right? Was Hamlin in the wrong? Larson proceeded to chase Hamlin down the track. Larson knew, if you listen to his podcast, he talked about it for a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. but Larson knew that's what Hamlin was probably going to do because of what Hamlin did to Ross the year before. And Larson was talking himself the entire restart before that. Whatever you do, do not right hook him after he puts you in the fence. Do not right hook him after he puts you in the fence because that's what's going to get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. You're going to wreck a million cars in the process and you're going to get in trouble or uh, a penalty. Penalty. So Hamlin puts Larson in the wall, quickly gets away from him, but they both lose a shit ton of speed because of it. Because Hamlin overdrove the corner, had to let, let off on the exit because he was all out of whack. Larson hit the wall. Larson chased Hamlin down to the apron. And which let Kyle or uh, Kevin Harvick get into the mix. And that's when they became three watt. But at this point, the five cars damage was done. He no longer, his car was all fucked up. He had toe out, whatever mm-hmm. he drifted back. And that's what put Kevin Harvick right behind Denny Hamlin before the Justin Haley wreck. And that's what set up the final restart. Good. Now keep going. <laughs> the final restart. Well, I before that was pretty clean. Before that caution comes out for Haley. Larson chases Hamlin down and doors him. Yep. <clears throat> did you? Yeah. A little, little pokey poke. Did you hear the audio? Yes. Now, I kind of understand why Denny Hamlin's so insufferable because he is surrounded by yes men. Yeah. Did you not hear this? Oh, no. It's bad. Okay. It's fuck. Okay. So they, so it, NASCAR put a thing out first. It's Cliff Daniels, who's also kind of a bad influence on hyping drivers up. He's like, we're not going to say anything, but you should hear what they're saying about you on the 11s radio. They switch over and it's right at the moment when Larson comes up, he comes up at the basically start finish line under caution and he gives him a little donut, rubs him. Fucking Brett Griffin said he pushed him up into the wall. I'm like, no, he pulled up to him and just gave, gave him, him a, a little tap. tap. And no, I think Hamlin hit the wall a little bit. Oh, did he? I didn't yeah. see that. <clears throat> but either way, it wasn't like it violent, was but it was, you just wrecked me. Yeah. I'm going to come up and show my displeasure. It's not yeah. like he hooked him. It's no. not the same thing. So Larson pulls year. up and doors Hamlin again. Nothing. Denny keys his radio up and goes, oh, well, that's a penalty. Like he expects Larson to get a penalty for that. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So then you've got Gabe Hart and whoever Hamlin's spotter is 
oh, that, that effing crybaby, this, that, the other thing. And, wow, what were some of the other things they said? Oh, they, he does it to everybody he else. He does it to everybody else. when it happens yeah, to him. Yeah, they were going off. Oh, it was yeah. insane. It was absolutely and ruthless. And Hamlin's like, I never touched him. And Gabe Hart's like, you didn't, you didn't you're, touch you're him at all. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You didn't touch him at all. I saw the tire smoke when they hit neck. We were watching it. We were all in turn yeah. one. I was watching it. There was a puff of smoke. Yeah. A little oh, yeah. baby one. We were right there. And like to hear Hamlin, oh, that's that's a penalty. Just shut, because shut up. Just because you got a penalty because you're fucking dumb and went on your podcast and admitted wrecking someone doesn't mean everybody gets a penalty. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I I don't a hundred percent disagree with either radio, but I don't think in some instances that could be a penalty, but it wasn't like it wasn't the 24 spinning. That's last the thing. Year. If he had gone up there and spun his ass out. Yes. Yeah. That's a penalty. But, but NASCAR he, has thrown penalties for people doing stuff after the yellow. I mean, that was Kyle Busch hitting the pace car at Loudon two years ago was right. a harder hit than what Hamlin did to, or what Larson did. To but him. yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Denny over the radio, like, Oh, that's a penalty. It's like, did you just miss the entire last lap? Yeah. Like you don't, it's not random. Like and, it's, and it's typical Denny where it's like, like, like uh, Kyle Petty said, like Kyle Larson said, Denny's never wrong. He's, yeah, he's, he's always, always, always the, right. Always the victim. Yeah. So he he never he'll never see things clearly, and it's freaking funny because it's he goes on his podcast every week and preaches like the the reason why I do the things to Ross that I do is I need to show him that he needs to learn respect and he needs to respect the he's other so drivers on the track. What did I tell? And I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on him until he learns how to not pick on other people or something like that. What did I show you the tweet right after it happened? Um. If someone I follow on the show's account, some writer, she said that Hamlin goes on his podcast every week and asks like and acts like the unelected class president of NASCAR. Yep. But then yeah. he shows up during the week and does shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got to race clean, guys. We got to start racing clean multiple times too. We got to be yeah. safer in these cars. Yeah. And and then pull shit like that. Now, do I like hate the move? They were racing for the win. Yeah, I don't love it, but I also get it. You're racing for the win. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. We've heard Logano say multiple times, I wrecked my grandmother for a win. You know what I mean? Like, they're going for a win. It wasn't an incredibly dirty move. He didn't hook him into the fence, anything like that. But the fact that also it, this is now the second year in a row in the exact same corner, almost a mirror, almost the exact thing happened last year with Chastain. I, NASCAR put a side-by-side -side replay. Yeah, it was insane. Same move. If you blur, if you like half close your eyes. You don't even know what year you're looking at because it's the same fucking thing. Same exact move. Yeah. The only difference is Larson didn't wash out and come back down exactly. the tra track yeah. and collect four other cars with yes, him like exactly. Chastain did. Yep. So yeah. my biggest, my biggest takeaway or problem with this, and I said it to pretty much everybody after it happened because it's how I felt about it, is <clears throat> you look at the Joey Logano, William Byron incident from Darlington last year, the year before. Last year. They had been battling for laps before that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Larson and Hamlin at California. I think we all agreed. It's like, yeah, it's Kansas. Kansas, 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 Hamlin got them loose, but they were battling their asses off. We're not going to throw Hamlin under a bus for that. It's mm -hmm. yeah. They were you rubbed them, but you guys were racing the hell out of each other. It's yeah. going to happen. And we said on here that it was just a racing deal. Yeah. This race in this instance, Hamlin hadn't been battling for the lead the entire race. That was the very first time he got a look at the lead and he and just immediately wrecks the car. the racing. door down and yeah. it was like, yeah. I'm if, they had, now. if they had been side by side, switching positions for three laps, two laps, even one lap and going back and forth, like, take and the guy of, clean and kind of rubbing each other. Like, yeah, move him out of the way. You guys are battling. But this was the very first time you got next to him and you just never tried to make the turn. 
Yeah. You just drove in there. Oh, look, there's the lead. Boom. Knocked the guy out of the way. There's no respect in that. You that was, you, there was never a battle for the lead. There was just, I'm you, taking it. You eventually yeah. got there and you took it. Yeah. And that was the other thing too. That was, I forgot about that thing. Hamilton said on his radio. He's telling Gabe Hart, Oh, there's more than a lane and a half up there. He should have just lifted. Like, yeah, sure. But he did. Like he did after you hit him. I also appreciate Larson, rare as it is, like standing his ground and being vocal. Dude, he gave the best post-race interview I've ever seen Kyle Larson give. Yeah. And Junior even gave it gave Kim Kuhn credit on this. Is yes. The interview was technically over before Larson said everything he said. But the NBC booth's like, one more. Ask one more question. Usually it's two and you're out. Like you ask two questions like, oh, like how was your race? Like how how'd you like that ending or whatever? And then they leave. But this one, they were like, ask him one more question. And it was the, how is this going to affect your friendship or something like that? And Larson just went off. And it was like, thank you. Yeah. Like he we finally, finally saw it gave out well, a real interview. He didn't give the typical Chase Elliott, Hendrick Motorsports, yeah. like scripted interview. Like we always yep. talk about Ty gives, uh, Ty Gibbs gives like the, like, Car was good. Bad luck at the end. We'll see you next week. Even like it his, was typical shit. Even his MRN interview was great because me and you were still up on the top of the roof with our headsets on and you were on the ground with your yep. headset on. Yeah. And what did he say? Something about, I got receipts now. I, I got the receipts. I got yep. the receipts. And the three of us looked at each other and just went, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And it's the same way. Like Kansas excusable. Yeah. hundred percent. Two friends racing. You're going to use each other up. Yep. But you're battling your asses off this race. There was never a battle. There was just a. There a was bully a, in a in a pass. A minute opportunity. Yep. Yep. So Denny Hamlin takes the checkered yep. flag. Like After that, bastard. they get the final restart, uneventful. Denny Hamlin kind of just drives away with it. But there was some shit in True. turn two. Yep. We have Ryan Priest go a for a spin. Horrible uh, joy fun. Yep. Seemingly off the nose of Mr. Corey LaJoy in turn two. Ryan Priest is sitting dead on the track, much like the Xfinity race we talked about earlier. NASCAR waits and waits and waits. Apparently, they had pulled out the yellow flag, put it back down, take the white flag out, wave the white flag. Denny Hamlin takes the white flag, comes off a one, yellow flags out, race is over. Which I have yeah, a problem I hate, with this. I hate that a lot. And this is, it's not even the same complaint I had with the Xfinity race. This race, the leaders, this wreck was in turn two. The leaders were midway through turn three, and NASCAR pulls out the yellow flag. You've got that in hand. And I'm pretty sure every spotter that we were listening to MRN, everyone was saying yellow is about to come out because there's a car crashed on the backstretch. Now, what happened was it looked like Corey tried to pass Priest on the inside and just lost the bottom and washed up into Priest. They both crashed. Corey was hard on the inside wall. Priest spun to the inside. Priest's car was stopped on the inside of the track, given it wasn't on the track, but it was in the racing zone yep. enough for them to throw a yellow. And NASCAR saw that and went, that's, deemable to throw a yellow. We're going to pull the flag out. And NASCAR goes, let's wait and see if he gets it started. Now, in the amount of time that they pulled the flag out and then put the flag away, nothing changed. So why did NASCAR's op or opinion change of the situation? Right. If they had pulled the flag out, Priest's car started and started to move and they put it away. Cool. He was getting off the track. But, but there they, was no time They in pulled between. the flag out nothing on the track changed and they put the flag away and pulled out the white flag to wave that it made no sense. No. And it was NASCAR just not wanting to have another exciting restart, I guess. And they didn't want another shit show into turn one. So they threw the, the white flag just to end this. Yeah. And it, they're like, we there's time to see if Priest's 
car moved. Like if it was deemable for you to throw a yellow when he was stopped there, there was nothing in that amount of time that would have changed that outcome for you to put the flag away. Yep. Yeah. They were in a very big damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if they throw a yellow and we have a green white checker, A, we're probably having more. Yep. Given how the racing had cautions, gone, that we're probably going to end up wadding them up two or three more times in turn one. And we're sitting here with a CODA situation. Yeah. And you're going to have the people that are, oh, NASCAR is manipulating the race. They're trying, they want the drama. They could, blah, blah, blah. Or you don't throw the caution and you have what we have now. Yeah. We were pissed yesterday or Sunday. Sunday. We were on the roof like, where the fuck is the caution? Because even MRN pre spun and MRN said, and the caution's up. Wait, no, that's the white. Like whoever, whoever the reporter was, I think it was the guy in turn three could see the flag stand and he thought it was the yellow waving. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, wait, no, that's the white. And he sounded really confused. Like, yeah. wait a minute. What? I think we all were. Yeah. So a bizarre ending to a wild weekend. Right. But another one where they didn't finish the lap because NASCAR didn't know what they were going to do. Right. NASCAR didn't want to manipulate the race, but in turn manipulated the race. Now, granted, did, would Denny probably still sail off and win? Maybe. But he had Truex behind him. Truex had a fast as fuck car. Yeah. You know uh, what I mean? The biggest thing was Reddick had just gotten to second or third place with brand new tires. Mm -hmm. Yep. So if that race had gone and completed that lap, or if that race had gone to another restart, I think Reddick would have clearly won that. Yeah. But either way, if NASCAR sees something that's deemable of a yellow, why are you waiting three quarters of a lap to see if it changes? Well, and that's what got me with us not being able to see like turn two and the short shoot into three. They didn't throw the caution. I thought Priest got going again. The field sails off into one in front of us, and MRN was like, and the Priest car is still stalled in turn two. And we were like, what? what? Yeah, and they're yeah, still they're going. Like, and you're like, they're just not going to get anybody yeah. out of the They're we not going to get them out of the way for that? We were like, what? Yeah, bizarre. But you're right. I think it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Because you're going to have those people that are going to bitch and moan. The people that always said they threw cautions when Junior was going to go a lap down, and NASCAR likes the drama and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or the other side of that, like I said, they throw the caution, then we end up with four green white checkers because that's, it's a coda situation. Yeah. Yep. So tough call, um, questionable call, but a I tough call one way or the definitely other. Definitely questionable call. I don't know about tough. Yep. Yeah. Well, definitely NASCAR made the wrong decision on that one. So Denny Hamlin takes checkered flag for his 50th victory. Doesn't get DQ'd this time, which I was kind of hoping for because that was fun last year. <laughs> Followed by Tyler Reddick, Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick. And Ty Gibbs with his career best finish of fifth. We talked about it yesterday on the roof of the camper. I mean, we said it on here too, but that kid is just. He's coming. He's clammed up, keeps his mouth shut, has good interviews, and is finishing, bringing that car home in the top 10 more often than he's not. Yeah. He is having an unbelievable year. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest thing is the the level of maturity, or yeah. he's just flat out just not saying anything. I, and just letting his racing do the talking and he's doing a good job. I am it. not going to sit here Can't and take say, away from him. I'm not going to sit here and say that I like him. My opinion hasn't really changed on him, but it's definitely softened a bit. He's, he's working on it. He's working on it. And yep. uh, you got to give him credit for that. I will hundred percent. And he's just doing his job right now. Yes. His job is don't be the lowest finishing Toyota. Yep. That is his entire job is to do that. They don't, they're not expecting him to go out there and win. They're certainly not expecting him to get top fives. Yeah. They, Hey, if you get a top 10 from now or now or then, like that's not bad. It's your rookie season. We're not expecting a lot from you. Just don't be the last finishing Toyota. And here he is. And right he's, now he's averaging like not even the last finishing Joe Gibbs car. He's 
in the playoff fight. He's only 23 points out, I think it was, 23, 25 points out of the playoffs. Like, he's solidly in the fight for the playoffs. To yep. point in, that's Yeah, 28 good. points behind. He's currently, you know, three below the cut. Wild. Wild, wild, wild. So, uh, to wrap up the final in the second half of the top 10, Christopher Bell takes it home sixth. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. with a great run, starting 22nd, coming home seventh. Harrison Burton yeah. finishing eighth. Eric Jones finishing ninth and Chase Elliott finishing 10th. A wonderful weekend. I had a fantastic time. I don't know about you guys. We didn't get to Kyle's favorite part of the weekend. Which is? Oh, the holler parade. So we look forward to it ever since the first year. The first year we're sitting there making dinner and we hear horns and we run up on the roof and all the haulers are going by. So now it's like last year sucked. I went up there by myself. It wasn't fun. So yeah. this year was much nicer to have you back with yeah, our little, thank you. Our, little nice gold, our little golden hour, drink a beer, watch cool haulers go by. Yeah. And, and be like little kids fun. again, trying to get them all the oh, yeah. horns. Yep. Yeah. Thank God that person had the air horn. That was working. Yeah. That worked really well. That was, working. that was definitely planned next year. Air horns. Yeah. We got to bring one. Yeah. Just yeah. one. Just only one. one just for that. Just one. Just for that purpose. Um, yeah. So that does it for the Pocono weekend. Pretty much Sunday night was pretty chill. We, Lit a fire. Uh, I know all the PA, all the, the whole PA crew left. We hung out, shocked at how many people stayed. Tons of people stayed. So years past, I mean, half the infield clears out on Sunday. This year, I would say maybe a quarter, not even left. Yeah. yeah. When we woke up Monday morning, I looked around and was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, there was a ton of people still there Monday yeah. morning. Uh, Sunday night, I went and took. Illegally took the bikes and the dog out, dogs out onto the track. Yep. We saw other promptly people. got turned around. We saw other people doing it. We thought it was okay. So I let go of the brakes and me and Rocco were hauling ass down the long pond straight. And then a golf cart pulled up and told us we need to leave. And we were like, okay, no problem. Yep. <laughs> but hey, but at I, least you got but, out there, but I did it. You got up, there. but I did it. And I'm mad because other years they've had every day. They've had that morning, like two hour block where they do the track walk. Yeah. And you can go ride bikes out there. They only did it on Thursday night this year. And it was right when we got there and we're setting up. So we couldn't go do yeah, it. I couldn't yeah. do it. So I hope they yeah. bring that back to like, you know, Friday morning too. You can go out and yeah, that'd be I, nice. I want to do that. I've wanted to do it every Here's year. I've wanted to do it every year and we've just never done it. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's, uh, let's answer some questions. Shall we? Sure. I mean, a couple on the old Twitter machine. Not a, f not a ton. Let me get to it because I'm usually prepared and I'm not prepared as per the norm. All right. Got three. One for Mr. Peppercuts Grass. Looks like you guys had fun. I'm planning on camping at Talladega later this year. Ooh. Do y'all have any tips or tricks for track camping? I'll be in a tent with my homie, not a half wide trailer like y'all. Rent an RV. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> yeah, here's your rent the RV from, from the guy in a tent. Rent the <laughs> RV. Kevin, by the end of the weekend, was already on Marketplace looking at campers. <laughs> no bullshit. I'm, yeah, I'm still was. looking at him. Yeah. So, I mean. Why am I surprised that Pepper is not getting some like 1970s drop in camper for the bed of his truck? Ooh. Like that seems like cool. a Pepper move. I mean, tips and drop in camper. Like the, those are real small. You're better off. Yeah, they are actually really yeah, small. Yeah, but that's. That's pepper. True. Um, I mean, tips and tricks, though. It's just show up, have a good time. Yeah, show up, have a good time. Beers. I mean, for the most part, try to travel light because Steph and myself are chronic overpackers. We got back to the house last night and realized how much food was left. Yeah. We were like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, me Kevin's got chips. a good good tip. Uh, bring toiletries. Oh, yeah. What, did you forget toiletries? 
Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot like uh like my body wash. Shampoo, oh, I missed all that. Like, well, that's yeah, why when we, we stopped s- at Dutch's, the you know Bucky's of Pennsylvania. Yes. Yeah. Um, they uh, I was like, I'm just gonna go pop in here and get a couple things that I forgot, and sure enough, there was more stuff that I forgot. Like it, once salt. you saw it, you realized you forgot it. Yeah, I was like, you know, salt, pepper, like cooking utensils. Oh, stuff like that. Pro tip: Speaking of toiletries, don't take the one body wash you have to the other shower. Friday morning, we all went to the, the shower house. Yeah. We took showers. We're walking back. Steph calls me. Uh, did you take the body wash? Because I'm in the shower in the camper right now, and there's nothing here. I was like, oh, no. Oh, Ooh, crap. I forgot. My bad. <laughs> we'll be back in a couple minutes. <laughs> oh, no, bad man. Yeah, no. Honestly, tips and tricks. I mean, there's no really tips and tricks. Shower shoes, I guess. Make as much, have, you know, bring what you think you need and have as much fun as you can have. Yeah. Pretty much, you know? Yeah. You never go wrong with an extra pair of socks. Or extra underpants in case you shit yourself. Yep. 500 times. 500 times. Especially at Dega. <laughs> Facts. Hell yeah. <laughs> We've got two from Mr. Nick Cohen. Nick sucks. Yeah. 21. I'm still mad we didn't have a live read of that, but I, was, I, know. I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> Can Kyle deliver that awesome stir fry to my house tonight? I have nothing to eat. <laughs> Dude, stir fry was bomb. God, I'm glad you we liked had, it. We had a the good food, Mexican night. Food this weekend was really tough. Oh, yeah. We the had a Mexican night is like. I Crazy. look forward to that. Sunday we were already night. looking up espinacca yeah. dip on the way out. So we were like, need to make this. Next step, she'll send you the yeah. recipe. Um, yeah, Sunday night after the race, Mexican night has become a staple. Oh, that's the thing. That was, that was the phenomenal. best. Phenomenal. Uh, and then also from Nick Sucks 21. Yes. What was your low key favorite moment of the weekend? <sighs> uh, it's it for me, it's the rain gypsy tent buying tank tops. I haven't laughed that fucking hard in yeah. ages. Yeah. Except yeah. for Sunday night when we all got the giggles before bed. <laughs> that was it too. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> it was honestly, I hate to say it because of all the PA boys leaving, but Sunday night was just like so chill. I had such a good time Sunday night. Like, like just like, sitting by the fire playing stupid music and just shooting the shit about nothing. We were yeah, playing so. the dumbest music. A lot yeah. Of the- yeah. yeah. Most of it was a yeah. request. Some of it was, not all of it though. Some of it was norm control. The norm DJ and was, uh, was, it was, was a solid. It was a trial. We're just pulling out the, like the most obscure, like late nineties, early two thousands music. And I'm just like, Kevin here's some folk bringing, music. Bringing the boat rock. Yeah, no, it was <laughs> yeah. that Sunday night was awesome. And then we go in the camper and we're all kind of like, I wasn't tired. That was the problem. I could have stayed out there for four hours. I think I was hours. overtired, which was Yeah, problem. I think that's what it was. I, I think that's what it was, but I was still like wide awake and we're like getting ready for bed. I'm wide awake. And we just started I don't even know because I had no voice. So one of them said that I sounded like the guy from Farmer Fran, Farmer Fran from Joe Dirt. Well, he's actually the same character in Joe Dirt and the Waterboy. Yeah, but the only way you make it. No, everybody know that. Everybody know that. And I kept doing it, and we were just we were just crying, laughing. I was doubled over in the bathroom of the camper, like I couldn't breathe. I was yeah. My abs actually hurt the next morning from that laugh session that went on for like a half hour. uh, We couldn't like it was. And then we're texting. We all go finally go to bed, and then we're just texting the gifts back and forth. (laughs) Yeah, it was like being in a. I turned my phone off, turned it upside down, like stuck it under my pillow. It was like being flashing at me all night. It was like being at a middle school sleepover. Yeah, that's exactly what it felt like fart you'd start laughing like yeah. it's the same shit yep and we just it. couldn't stop laughing no the uh the rain tent t-shirt purchases was that the was best. Yeah, I, that was a, the most highlight. fun like what was it half an hour yeah of all us of just that. digging through shit and being like look at this look at this and then we found the tank tops and then we're, we're holding up like 
2000s Jimmy Johnson spaghetti strap fucking Cohen got the sickest one in that tent. He got that old Carl Edwards shirt. It was like the all oh, over yeah, like a huge yeah. car and he no, got that, like five that bucks. Edwards, that, yeah, that, that was the Carl Affleck, uh, the Aflac scheme. Yeah, the Aflac yeah, scheme. Yep. That, that was yeah, killer. That was cool. uh, late edition from Mr. Ace himself replying to Nick. His favorite moment of the weekend was when you went to M80. <laughs> Nick's, Nick's M80's Cohen's biggest energy. Nick, about Nick M80 wants, wants to become great. their biggest groupie. Yeah, he does. He wants to follow them to all of the local dive bars within He's a 45 minute radius. He's going to be the manager of M80. I think I figured it out. When we were at the concert, I was talking to Ant because we were keeping our distance from all the M80 freaks in the center. The riffraff. And Nick's like, oh, dude, like they, they go to this bar and they go to this place. Like, dude, I'm going to start going to all their other concerts. <laughs> me and Ant are like, what? The, have you never been to a real concert? He's like, I went to Eminem once. Like, yeah. all right, so you've never been to a real he concert. He told us that last year because he had the same vibe last year. And I asked him, I was like, have you never been to like an actual concert? And he said an Eminem concert. And he said, that's it. I've been I love to it. literally one real concert in my life. And Man. I feel like I have light years more experience than Nick. But either way, my thought is he wants to become their number one groupie. So it'll eventually pay off at Pocono and he'll get to go on stage. Oh, he's in the long play. Long be the play. Cool, he is a smart man. And be the coolest guy at Pocono. Be the king of the campground. Yep. If they let him on stage and let him start singing too. Oh man. That oh, would no. be sick. He was We're gonna let one of our biggest Nick fans get to work and do a song. Say, I gotta get say to Saturday work. night M eighty when he got back, he was Nick I haven't seen Nick that on a buckled in a while. That was great. <laughs> His energy gives me life. Love you, buddy. That's it for Twitter. All right. So we'll go to the Discord. Once again, shout out to Tyler Page for posting a picture of Pocono and letting us know that it is tricky triangle week. Choo. Also, not quite sure what year this picture is from. Well, this doesn't look like the Pocono I know. All right. First question, if I can get to it. Coleman Wilson, over under 100 beers between you three this weekend. Oh, easy over. I think I counted. I drank at least 45. Dan, how many beers did you have this weekend? Hold on. I'm sitting back down. Um, So I brought a 30 and there was still like 14 in my cooler from last weekend. So that's what solid 44. Yep. So right I don't know how many are left. I know Kyle had some of my Budweiser's last night. I had a chill weekend. I didn't get drunk once. I had just maintained a buzz. Yeah. Like all weekend. Cause I didn't, I went a little hard at Loudon last weekend. So I didn't really want to go yeah, through that again. We're definitely over though. So I just maintained all weekend. Did long. you have more than 10? Oh, absolutely. There we go. Yeah. We're at a hundred. Uh, my, that 30 is the, the 14 I brought or however many were in my cooler from last weekend were gone by Friday morning. And then the 30 was just slowly dumped in the cooler. And then I think I dumped like the last 10 in there last night. Yeah. So, yeah. oh yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Easy peasy over. All That's right. not even including you. Yeah. I didn't bring too much and I didn't have a whole lot. Um, I think I brought a 12 pack for the whole weekend. Yeah, you brought the, uh, the jazz cabbage. Yeah. A little, little, uh, the devil's lettuce, different flavor. <laughs> Yeah, Kevin was telling we us were, some stories about him drinking in his youth, and I'm glad he didn't bring we, a lot of beers. The yeah. best was with Kevin being of that variety instead of the drinking. Every time a security and or police officer went by, we were like, he's over here. He's over here. <laughs> Shout at me. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin just tenses up in the corner. <laughs> like, Kevin, there's a weed store across the street from the track. You're good, bud. <laughs> All right, Coleman Wilson stealing this from Spare Change, which is from a podcast I don't know about. Uh, if you could build your own tricky triangle, what three tracks, Ooh. four corners, or like which three corners from three tracks would you pick to build your track? Atlanta one. Like new Atlanta? Yeah. Scary banked. Yep. Uh, new Hampshire one for turn two. So flat. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. 
all the speed in the world better get on the brakes. And then uh, the S's from Coda three. That's more than one corner. No, like banked the other way. Okay. <laughs> Riddle me that. I'm going to make Norm really <laughs> angry here. Turn one, Charlotte Roval. <laughs> I was, was going to do the same thing. Turn, so two, going. turn two, Indy Road. Turn one. Turn, turn three, three Coda one. That's tricky. That's the exact same thing. And I want a mile long straightaway between all of them. All right. So I'm going to do turn one, Bristol. Indi- oh, Lord. Indianapolis backstretch. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> turn two, Bristol. Oh, Lord. <laughs> And then Watkins Glen bus stop on the front stretch. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin? Um, Let's do Martinsville, turn one. Okay. Real Um, tight. Yep. Tight. Um, I'll take Dover, turn two. Ooh. Ooh, so it dives two stories down and takes a left. (laughs) Backstretch goes uphill to dive into the... (laughs) Yep. Okay. Um, And then turn three... Let's get crazy with speed. Daytona tri-oval like the, the dog. Like, yeah. Day yep. So, okay. Also runner up to that is Daytona one Talladega turn two, Atlanta turn three <laughs> with banked straightaways. I want the Pocono super speedway. Let's go. <laughs> Jesus. You want, Let's you want go. them to be falling off the track on the pace lap. <laughs> yes. Let's go. All Let's go. I'm changing mine instead of the Watkins Glen bus stop. Uh, Laguna Seca a corkscrew on the front stretch. Oh, Jesus oh they, have go up, they have to go up a hill and then back down. <laughs> She's greater of a fucking horse. No, so, they, it, so there's going to be that's the downhill. So turn one's way down, and the back stretch is indie, but all uphill. <laughs> the whole the whole field's dead. Yeah, there will be zero green flag laps. The no. engines are just screaming up yeah. the back stretch, trying to climb up the hill. Imagine shifting through those through the course, <laughs> entering the turn at 35 miles an hour. Oh, man. All right. Just bus. When was the last time Hendrick's cars didn't make the playoffs? Oh, it was answered right after it. It was yeah, answered it was right after it. Joe Sanchez said 2020. <laughs> Which car would that have been? That, would, that, was, that was Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy didn't make it because he was out with the vid. Yep. And, that's right. Yep. Yep. And that was when we got the shit show at the Roval. Of yes. Jimmy desperation trying to make it to the playoffs. Yes. Even though he was locked in when he did that. Silly Jimmy. That one jet is Dennis, Denny Hamlin, more hated than KFB. Yup. Absolutely. Kyle fucking Bush. Yeah. Absolutely. Junior said at the track, the boos for Denny Hamlin, even before the race, were insane. And Kyle Bush is almost getting cheers. If you remember last year at this race, before Denny got DQ'd when he won the race, he he was booed so much that his daughter was crying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then this year. That we don't want to see. I don't want to see that either, but- in t- we uh, were maybe don't be a shitty person. Yeah, we so were. I mean, what embarrassed about it? Well, how far away? From, how far away from are we from the grandstands? Again, probably half mile, three quarters of a mile. All of that. Yeah. If the booze, the booze sounded like they were in the campground with us. Yeah. I could hear the booze from the grandstands in my scanner. Yes. My same. noise canceling scanner headphones. Yeah. yeah. I took because I could hear it in my ears. Like, it doesn't sound like the broadcast. And I take my one ear off. I'm like, Oh my God, I can hear from yeah. here. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And then he, and then the fucking, the rock comments, the like post race for, for those that don't know, every other podcast has explained it. But when you go into the garage area from the infield at Pocono, there's like what eight or nine rocks 
big, big boulders they have. They're painted yeah. black with white numbers and it's gold like gold numbers. Yeah. Oh, gold. Yeah. It's like Petty and Allison and Earnhardt and AJ Foyt and Legends of Pocono. Yeah. Jeff Gordon, probably. Yeah. So obviously, Denny now set the record for the most wins at Pocono and NASCAR. He's in probably entitled to a rock. Does that include last year or not? No. No, we don't include last year. Nope. So. Yeah, he is absolutely taking the arc of the black hat now. And KFB is not booed. And it's not as even, bad. And it's not even Denny's not even doing it right because he's got the air of the guy that thinks he's smarter than everyone. And he's no, not. he's like the arrogant black he's hat, arrogant, like awful person. Head. Right. Yeah. But he's he's not the heel because the heel knows what they're doing and acknowledges. Exactly. It. Like, that's Denny, different with Denny's like, I don't even know why they're mad at me. I was clean. Like, dude, yeah. you just wrecked two cars in last. And he laps. believes it. Too. I can't that's even. The worst I will part. not. I don't even want to listen to a show this week because it's going to be insufferable. Oh, you did. How bad is it? Oh, it's really? bad. I'm not listening really. To it. It's bad. I listened to it today. He defends everything he did. Yeah. Jesus and that's Christ. why he's worse than the heel because the other two guys that are there, Jared and then the other, the producer yeah. kid, both like try to play devil's advocate sometimes. And he's like, what do you, what do you mean? He what are you talking me? about? Yeah. 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 Which and I'm surprised. Cause Denny definitely like pays people to be his friends. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, he's it's, gonna pepper it's getting, somebody with it's some getting more and more obvious that Denny's literally just paying yeah. for his entourage. And well, like, you said it. He's like the, the, the YouTube kid. Yeah. Like you guys just said, the heel at least leans into it. Kyle Bush would get out of the car and yeah, I fucking wrecked him. What of it? You know, I want, I went for the win it's worse because Denny's so fucking arrogant and thinks he did nothing wrong and thinks he's the perfect angel and class president. Yep. And yeah. Yep. All right. JB zero six, two, two. Who's more blind Austin Dillon trying to throw a helmet or race control, trying to grab the right flag. <laughs> oh, <laughs> race control. Uh, race yeah, control. I'm going to go with race control. Yeah, Cause Austin Dillon, like we said, didn't throw a bad throw. No, again, you just got a shot put that he didn't have the advantage of Ward Burton at <laughs> Bristol or Robbie Gordon at New Hampshire or Tony Stewart at Bristol. Was it Bristol also? Yeah. Where you're right there. I yeah, mean, it's a short track. ran away. Yeah. And was way up the hill. So you got, I mean, that was you a got hard space to go. Freddie, space to go. Freddie said it looked like one of those bad first pitches at a baseball game where they like bounce it in there. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I think Stick the bounce was intentional and would have helped. Yeah. But all right. Nathan Danforth, me and Jake, the riddle guy, had a debate yesterday. Who's a better driver, Joey Logano or Denny Hamlin? 32 wins versus 50. One Daytona 500 versus three Daytona 500s. Two championships versus zero championships. I'd take two. I'd take two championships. I'm going Joey on that one. Yeah, Joey all yeah. day. I mean, yeah, he's got three Daytona 500s, but how many of those were like last lap? Everybody wrecked and he- Shoe ins. Yeah, like yeah. Luck, lucky shit. Hamlin's or Logano is able to keep it together in the playoffs and- get two championships out of it. I'm yeah, I'm taking Logano all day. Honestly, prime versus prime one race deal. I think Denny's the better driver. You're right. I but think as far as consistency, knowing how to race a race from start to finish and just completing a season. It's better, obviously Joey Logano. better race craft. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like he's kind of like closer to the Kevin Harvick. He's um, Joey Logano's like the closer where Denny Hamlin's like the action guy. Denny Hamlin's like very flash in the panty where Joey Logano is much like, like I said to you on Saturday with Harvick, how he used, how he's been all year. You won't see him all race. And then it's five to go. And you're like, where do you, Wait, why is he in yeah. third? Yeah. Where like, did he come from? You know, yep. He's got, Logano's got a much better race craft. And like Norm said, knows how to put it together throughout a whole season. Denny's proven in his entire career. Roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. Yep. 
Right. That also, does it for seem some to reason always emotions that for some well. reason always ends in a crash at the end of the season. The Usually, yeah. There's always on a downhill. Yep. And that's it for disco. Oh, that's it for disco. Okay. A little light. All right. Let's go to the Instagram. We will start at the bottom. Now we're here. There we go. Thank you. Nathan underscore Danforth. Fuck, Mary kill. Boxing matches edition. Ooh. Jesus Christ. LaJoy versus Priest. Logano versus Suarez. Or Hamlin versus Bowman. I feel like Corey and Priest would be a damn good fight. They would. I also think Priest was a little out of line for what he did. You think? It uh, very much out of line. Yeah, it, it wasn't like did it was you guys, potential. I, I think it was anything. in the bathroom in that part of the race, but did you guys bring that up about his uh, little... We, we didn't really talk about him coming. We talked about the, the wreck. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what, we didn't talk about pit road after the, yeah, fact. after the race, the in-car cameras, the same ones that got Joey come out and priest gets out of his car and sprints to Corey's window. And what was it is that's fucking bullshit. And you, you fucking, know you it. fucking know it. Like, and somebody in discord actually just posted radioactive had a replay that none of us have seen. It's from the air looking down. Yeah. And it's exactly what Norm said. From Corey, the helicopter shot. Yeah. Corey, really? Corey goes into the corner low and just misses the corner. And I, multiple podcasts today, people are like, oh, Corey went in there and just drove and drove up and took Priest out. It's like, no, he went in there and lost the front end. Like you can see it. He yeah. he went way too aggressive, slid up the track and took Priest. I don't think there was anything intentional there. Yeah, at all. he made a mistake for sure. It's and the, you have reason right. to be upset that you, it's, you right. got and taken and out. You're but battling for 18th, 19th. It wasn't like, it's the, it wasn't a necessary move, but. It wasn't like the most ridiculous thing we've ever to seen. To me, it's the same thing that happened. And Corey to got wrecked at the same time. And to it's me, like- it's the same thing that happened to Priest last week with McDowell. McDowell misjudged the corner. Priest went with him. I Obviously, if I'm Priest, I'm getting really fucking frustrated because I'm getting used up constantly. I, I think that's a lot of it with Priest is his frustration is boiling over I, now. Exactly and Corey was. was on the receiving end of it, we, but yeah, it was, it was a bullshit reaction. What sure. the entire race was like for those two. They could have been racing a lot. We don't know if there was more that led up to that. Maybe Corey missed the corner on purpose. We don't know, but what we saw, the fight at the end, it wasn't justified by the actions on the track. Uh, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Nope. Agreed. Uh, so I would, I guess we take this in the, what would you like to see first? Yeah. Um, I would like to see Priest and LaJoy because like, I agree with you. That would be a great one. Corey's got the reach, but Priest seems like a little scrappy guy. That's yep. like one of those YouTuber fights that there's a lot going on right now that they keep happening. Oh, but they're stupid like, influence there are two guys things. that are like, They'd be willing to do it, so it'd yeah. be a good fight. Where Hamlin versus NASCAR charity box, Hamlin and Bowman. Like Bowman's not going to want anything to do with that, so obviously he's not going to do well in that yeah. fight. Bowman doesn't like being in public. Logano Suarez might be pretty good. That might be a good one. Too. I, yeah, but I don't see Logano wanting to do it either. Suarez, I'm sure, would be down to fight. Logano gets can get spicy. Yeah. We saw it. Yeah, I'm gonna go. So I'm gonna ago. I'm gonna fuck the Corey Priest fight. I'm all right. Marry, Logano with his helmet still on. Yeah, different guy. Mm, it's a different man. I'm gonna marry Logano Suarez or no marry. Corey and Priest. Yep. Fuck Logano Suarez. Kill Hamlin Bowman. Yeah, Agreed. Because I feel like Hamlin Bowman would just be two guys standing there not wanting to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Can I go home now? I want to play Honorable with that belt fight that I'd like to see in that is Ross versus Noah rematch. Yes. I want to see Noah actually connect. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I, honestly, it would put money on Noah in that fight. Yep. Exactly. Oh, I like, don't know. Like, like I said, when but you happened, got Farmstrong, you got, I think Ross can throw a Farmstrong. Punch. I think Noah can throw a bunch of punches. The thing with Ross is the way I saw him dressed in the media center. That's a scary man. Yeah. He shows Full up, dad mode. Somehow he, has dad strength yeah. behind it. Yeah. He shows no up kids, all, no wife, dad strength. All the other from drivers. Hanging, that's farm strength though. From hauling watermelons around. Yeah. All the other drivers come in in their fire suits. Ross had enough time to go to his bus and change into like the dad polo that's 
tightly tucked into the dad jeans. Mm-hmm. Like he had full dad mode. Strong yeah, belt he, going on. He, he had, had the, the Brooks the, walking the shoes the on. Farmer fit. Dude. I had a. Yeah. Qu- I actually had a small question with Ross. I know you're freaking out because of time, but thought about it today or the other day because I saw you had the for the farmers cans. Yeah, which yeah. are the corn cans. Does Bush make that a watermelon farm next year? Yeah, I, I talked about this in the Discord, and oh, I did you? Norman and I were talking about it when we were on our hot date. Um, if what I think would be amazing if they do a watermelon edition versus like the peach they did this year yeah. and they get all the watermelons from Ross's family, That'd be cool. they would buy out the whole farm. But I think you should do, they should sell, even if it's just like around racetracks on race weekend, like a Ross Chastain edition for the farmers, watermelon farmers, Bush light. Oh, they're, just the can or the flavor? Like just the, just can. the can, like how they do the corn cans. Yeah. Okay. But have it yeah. be like the Ross Chastain edition for the farmers, maybe have his family's logo on the cans. They have to like a watermelon. They're, they're going to do all sorts of stuff. I mean, There's we're gonna not going to see because, just one special edition because obviously the, the corn cans are what they are. They right. There's no, are, there's no for farm. The, the Midwest for what like I'm saying is Kansas there's, and stuff. there's no farm connection with Harvick. They have a driver now that has a farm connection. You could make a for the farmers, Ross Chastain edition. Yeah. Right. It's the 17th yeah. generation and watermelon. And, farm. and incorporate the family's watermelon farm into it. Like that'd be fucking cool as hell. Yeah. I would like it even better if they did a watermelon flavor edition oh. and bought them from his family yes. and then they're instantly rich. Also, I, I don't know if their family farm is big enough to do that. And Probably not. They'd have to like shut down every other also, customer. Also, uh, callback, we all finally got to try Bush Peach this weekend and awesome. My God, it's good. Tasty. Greatness. It's, it's good. Did, I did not expect it to be that good. It's yeah. so good. It almost completely hid the flavor of Bush, so it was good. Oh, it did completely for me. All I tasted was peach. I'll kill you. Do it. <laughs> Please. All right. Blue Lightning 5.0. Can we all start a petition to give Kyle Bush a reasonably competent teammate? Please, God. <laughs> My dad actually said that yesterday. He goes, How do you think Austin Dillon's feeling right now where you get a teammate that comes, you know, the, the last guy in the eight car was outperforming you. And now you've got a teammate with three wins in the playoffs in the conversation most weekends, except for the last couple. And you are like, What is he like? mid twenties and points at best. Yeah. Austin Dillon is feeling like a million fucking bucks because it was his idea to sign Kyle Busch. <laughs> Actually true. Very true. Yeah. He feels great because I he's going to take over the company and be yeah, I don't mint. Think Austin Dillon has to worry about his performance in the least. Yeah. And he's thinking similar to how he signed, RC didn't have to worry about it either. Cause RC was like, I'm just going to go own the car and yeah. have other people drive it. Yeah. When Austin Dillon signed Kyle Busch, he goes, I'm thinking like an owner, not a driver. Yeah. And he's kind of writing off his driving career at this point. He's yeah. still doing it because he's having fun. He doesn't need to get out, but he should. I don't think he has any stress about who's in that other he car. He should fall back on his Little League. I mean, he should, he should give it up as soon as he can and just take over to get RC off the damn radio. Oh, it's yeah. not going to happen. That's going to be fucking both of them idiots. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's point. true. Gonna, he's currently 30th in driver points. Oh, my God. Woof. Anyway, all right. Uh, Sam Valley 95. What is your Mount Rushmore of your drivers you hated and rooted against? Are we including ones that we've softened on? Yeah. Okay. Past tense. He did. Yeah. As okay. a kid. As a kid. It would have to be Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson. Because growing up, they just won everything. So it was annoying yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. I, so I just never liked them. I went through a stage of hating Jimmy for a while. Yep. I, I got tired of it. Jimmy. Kyle Bush, which I'm softening on. Denny Hamlin. And Logano. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah. I like Logano now. I, I don't hate Kyle Bush as much as I used to. Like he's grown on me a little bit. 
I still don't love the guy, but I, he's not on my Mount Rushmore anymore. But Logano, back in the day, I couldn't stand anything he did. I also couldn't stand Kurt That's back a, in the so, day, too. So young, mine, young Kurt. if I'm going with just guys I hated, but have kind of pretty much softened on and like now, as a kid, I hated Mark Martin and Rusty Wallace because those were Jeff's rivals. The Roush-Gordon thing in the mid-90s was huge. Yeah. So I hated Mark Martin and I hated Rusty Wallace because they were always in the way. Yep. Which I still don't really love Rusty Wallace's voice just annoys me, but I love Mark. Mark's a G. And I'm going to go Kurt and Kyle. Yeah. Because I, I, when Kurt was in the 97 car, I fucking hated him. Yeah. And he gave you every reason to. I fucking hated him. And then we passed him at Loudon and my heart went a flutter mm. when I saw him at Loudon. Like, I love the dude now and I'm really softening on Kyle Bush. I've really yeah. grown to like him as well. What about you? Um, so I would say like back in the day, it's ironic that I bought the Tony Stewart shirt, but I wasn't big on Tony when he was in the car. I was the, the same. Way. I, agree I couldn't with that. stand Tony when he raced. I agree. As soon out, as of he got car, out of the car, I was great. like, ah. yeah, yeah. Like, damn it. Why, why did I not enjoy this guy? Like while he was there, but Agreed. while he was there, you were either really on his side or you really don't fucking like the guy. Similarly to how people feel about Hamlin now, where it's either you either really like Hamlin for whatever mental gymnastics reason you can make up in your head to be a fan of that guy or you don't like him. Um, yeah. It's the booty for me. <laughs> yeah. Dude's got cake. I mean, I can't argue against it. So, um, for like who I'm kind of, you know, rooting against or whatever, it's actively like most of the, I don't know, I guess you could say most of the JGR camp, except I mean, MTJ, I can tolerate an MTJ win. Yeah. Um, He's just a good dude. I also really, I, I like MTJ a lot. Like he's a clean racer when, too. When Bell wins, it's like, meh, mm -hmm. bored. I hate it when Hamlin does anything. Like my first NASCAR race I went to, Hamlin won. And I'm, I've never liked the dude since then. That was yeah. the first New Hampshire race that I went to that Hamlin won. And I was just like, nah, this is not, not my guy. This ain't it. <laughs> this, that guy's not my guy at all. Um, Just even then I was like, I don't, I don't like his attitude. But yeah, that's probably like the, the statue of, yep. of yep. drivers I root against actively is definitely Denny Hamlin. <laughs> For sure. You and a lot of other people. Yeah. All other 100,000 of them that were booing. I'm not trying to say that just as a Kyle Larson fan either. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I didn't like him before you read Kyle Larson. No. <laughs> All right. Sam Valley 95 again. How was the Midway and merchandise? I'll be at the Michigan race. Dude, that NASCAR 75 trailer. Watch out for it. Why? Dude, if I went to every race this season, I'd buy something different from that trailer every weekend. So poor. Yeah. If you see the NASCAR Classics trailer, just, yeah, go, just the other way. go the other direction. Because it's incredible. It will make your bank account shake. Yeah. Next one, Blaze439 just wrote Kirkland Signature. That's Cody. That's Cody. Oh, big nice. Kirkland family over there. I mean, gotta love the Kirkland dude, Costco for life. I love their, Costco. they had that giant mason jar drink holder that every day was something different. That was an awesome idea. One it was day a was different a, kind of Kirkland alcohol. There was one day, day was a margarita. Another day was like a, oh, what was the second? The margarita day? was delightful. Oh, they had a daiquiri one day. It was a daiquiri one day. Yeah. Oh, those were, those were bad. That's like an ongoing joke that hasn't, that's like one of those things. It's like, it started out funny, but now it's just like, yeah, I get it. Yep. I didn't know the brand name. Yep. So, so that's the Costco brand. The first year I went, they had Kirkland or no, it was Amazon. They had a bunch of Amazon basic stuff. Jesus. And one of the things was Amazon energy. Amazon oh, no. made like a knockoff Red Bull. 
Oh. And now it's all Kirkland. So every time I get there, I was like, all right, boys, what do we got? And they're like, oh, we're making burgers. And I was like, Kirkland burgers? They're like, you're damn right. I didn't even uh-huh, realize. Okay. So I didn't realize that the first year. But last year, obviously, Kyle wasn't there. They had everything Kirkland. Like, if it could be bought there, that's where, that's what it was. Yeah, so it's like, was it Wellesley yeah. Farms is BJ's? It's something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. L98 Jake with a couple. Uh, saw the tweet, but didn't finish the race. Did y'all get recognized on the broadcast? Yes, we talked about it. Yeah, we weren't there, though. But they were very hyped on... Um, the Knicks, on, or no, the, that was uh, those, those were Aces flags. Aces oh, were, flags, yeah. Uh, Aces, Aces Denny. flags. I call them Aces. They were attached to his camp. Right yeah, the the, the his Davy Allison and Jeff Burton flags, which was great because Jeff Burton was on the broadcast and Junior was super hyped about it. Yeah, yeah I they think were. they showed it that because of the Jeff them. Burton flag, and then Junior's like, "My God, that Davy Allison flag!" Yeah, up there? yeah, <laughs> yep. And we erupted in the stands because right, we, we could. So that was the best part. So I didn't know that. Kyle had the NBC audio in his scanner. I also I, had the NBC audio. So I didn't know you could do that. So we're sitting there during the Xfinity race. We have a TV, we have the screen across from us, which is the NBC feed. I saw it first. I I jumped up. I was like, I couldn't get it out. I was like, that's our that's our camp. And then everybody looks over right as it disappeared. And we were like, no. And then they brought it back. Yeah. And we were losing our So shit. shout out to Nick for having the foresight to get his phone out anyway, he, even though we were off the screen because they showed it again like 10 seconds later. Nick got a picture. Of yeah. It. Yeah. It was sick. Um, all right. L98 Jake again. Now, uh, now that Kyle Bush is becoming more liked, did Denny sign the heel contract? Yeah. 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 We, right. But we like I said, he that. hasn't fully acknowledged that he's the heel yet. He still thinks he's the good guy. Yes. Yes, he does. He's the heel. That's like, why does everybody hate me? Uh, and last but not least, long 603, incompetent wrecker crew for the 22. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was spicy. So, so that was the best part is obviously that video came out while the race was going on. So I couldn't hear it. I didn't watch it till Sunday night. We were sitting around the fire and I was like, oh yeah, I got to listen to that. And I brought it up and we were crying oh, laughing. Yeah. I feel bad for the record guys. They're just, they're just trying lot, to help. I saw a lot of people saying that on Twitter. They were like, man, the, the fucking part-time wage. These guys are getting paid. They don't, they don't get paid enough to deal with that shit. I know. Nope. Yeah, poor steps telling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that does it for yet another episode of the Loose's Fast podcast. Pocono edition. Our, our two-week tour is once again come and gone. And I am actually, I got really sad last night. I, me too. Yeah, I'm, like, super oh, dude, I'm not going to another race for like a year. Yeah. When I yeah. sat at home, when I got home last night and finally sat down, everything was done. I finally like relaxed. I was like, <laughs> damn it. Cause like you look forward to it all year. Then it's here. I've worked two days in the last two weeks. Like I I'm sad, but I'm also slightly relieved because of what happened last year. Yes. You were I'm excited that I made it and there was no issues. We got there <laughs> to the track and Kyle just got out and gave me a big hug. <laughs> yeah. I, I did it this year. <laughs> no, Norm did it for me. Yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. We made sure that you got me there. Right. Safe. Papa. I, I got our baby boy there. <laughs> I will admit that I checked your location like four times last night just to make sure you were still moving and then got home. I was like, all right, we good. he made it home. We're good. We made it. Yeah. But no, it's, I got super bummed last night, but I, this is becoming as much as stressful as it is. And it's a lot of work as it is this back to back weekend of getting it like all in one helping is kind of fun. It's fucking awesome. It's really fun. Cause yeah. like we see, like, I think we said it last year going into the media center at Loudon, you see people like we saw like Chuck Bush and Claire B Lang and stuff, but then we're there the next week. So, you know, they're like, I recognize that. Wait a second. You know, we're not exactly the most inconspicuous group of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Who's this idiot from last week with all the jury on? Yeah. Who's the idiot with the 
Who's, yeah, these who, three these three guys with the matching T-shirts. Who's Billy Ray Cyrus over there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling you that from now on. Like Norm called me that. Like, what was that Saturday night? You're like, it's extra poofy tonight, Billy. It's like, <laughs> God damn it. He's like, he's right. It is. Oh, all right. Well, before we sign off, um, don't you don't even have to tag us in your story. Just share our post of the new episode. Yeah, do that. How about that? Make that a little easier. Instead of taking a picture of your radio, when we put up the image for the new episode, just share it. Yeah, retweet it, share it on Instagram. Share yeah, I work story. hard on those. Norm he does really put does. a lot of effort into he those. He does it tonight when we get home, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Usually I should have done it before I left, but usually I, I have watching the, the I have the email in my inbox before I even get home because yeah. Norm makes it home like 20 minutes before I do. Yeah, he quick with it. What? Yes. I'm Kyle Belcher. I'm Dan Walker. Norm Paltier. Kevin Miller. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. I need a nap. Bye.